With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to this live episode of uh, Xenoforce Reborn. Um, I'm your host, Doug Vendo, and today we have another exciting episode of Xenoforce Reborn. I am going to uh, start reposting because I didn't do it for this episode, only because I wasn't sure if we were going to do it this week. But anyways, I'm going to uh, repost uh, the schedule for these next coming up episodes, so everybody's going to know when they're actually going to be there. Um, I do find it kind of interesting. Uh, clearly, there are people who are listening to the show, um, which on Azusa's end, he knows that, and then on my end, uh, I know that as well. And, um, you know, just depending on how it goes, if you guys become unshy, or if you guys actually can make it to, like, an 11 o'clock p.m.-ish, or 12, you know, meaning midnight, um, you know, uh, I would say participation, that's cool, if not, you know, I totally understand, not gonna be hurt by it. But, um, <clears throat> that's just to let you guys know about that, uh, because I know that you might be looking at the, um, talk shoe page where you guys get the stuff and you're like, okay, I see that they're, they're going to have episodes and you'd seen it, you know, for the past couple, I want to say months or so. Um, and, and now you're looking at it and saying, well, what the hell? I mean, like, there's nothing there. Have these guys quit? What's going on? No, I just got to post them. So that's just to get that part out of the way. And I'll probably do that realistically tomorrow. <coughs> and to be fair, I mean, that last week's issue was my fault that I couldn't make it for the two weeks ago. So, oh man, I sat up here and already said something about that in terms of sinuses and stuff like that, which was actually all. Yeah, I mean, shit happens. You know, yeah. but I'll take responsibility for that one. Because the punishment is so grave, Ryan. Yes, I know the punishment is so grave. Thank you for taking responsibility for that. Um, Man, white the problems. Exactly. So, <clears throat> sorry if I um, start coughing a lot or anything. <clears throat> I just got something stuck in my throat. I don't know why, but it goes through the whole like seasonal thing. Like I'm like so many jokes, so little time. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the uh, the phlegm. Do you want to call it that the mucus? Uh, the excess of bodily fluids. However, you would like to make jokes out of those. Um, they're on their way out. They're exiting, you know, and however you'd like to make a joke about that, you just go ahead on your own time. But yeah, um, it's just that whole, you know, seasons changing, sinuses, that kind of thing. Going from spring to summer, just, it just hits it hard. That's what it does. And however you want to sit up here and make a joke about that, you go right ahead too. Okay, so... <clears throat> Sorry, Doug, I don't like it when it's that easy. I'm, I'm glad you don't. Uh, so, this episode, um, what we're going to be starting off with is we're going to obviously start off with uh, the mod. That's what we're going to do. And then we're going to get into some other stuff. Um, so, so far, uh, for what we got going on here, um, we've got the core block of wing done. Um, we do. with I want to say the mobile doll system. Um, we have our, you know, uh, shall I call it... Um, critical unit, or critical activator for the mobile doll system. I was calling it a commander. 
Okay, Commander. All right, that's fair enough. Uh, we have that uh, in play. Um, we are hashing out like one or two things with Wing, and pretty much I want to say that's it. That that's that's it. The, the Wing portion is actually done. Um, you see, uh, we added in the new type system and stuff like that. And uh, by the way, I did see a difference when I played with the Gundams uh, this time around versus the previous times. It does make a huge difference, believe it or not. Um, and, and I was actually surprised. Tell me where we. Go right ahead. I thought we were calling. I thought we were calling it the exam system. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying we we talked about new types the last time, and yes, you're correct. We, it is the exam system. The one thing I would say about that and being the exam system is there some like red glow that we can give it or something like that to show that it's the exam system. I'm sure I can come up with something, but don't hold me to it anytime soon. Well, I was gonna say, could it just be like what it is with the uh, um, GMK9? The issue is I'd have to redo every single model. Oh, my God. Uh, ah. Yeah, I have to take all those models and all their different animations and redo them all with a second overlay, and I'm not no, no. interested in doing that right this second. No, no, no. no. Then just a red hazy effect or something like that, just something that can be like red and say, oh, this is exam. Bam, there you go. That's it, though. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll come up with something. That, that's cool. That's cool. So, but what I was going to point out is, yeah, I, I actually did see a difference there. Um, I, like, in one of my battles where I played, I actually, um, like, sort of, I guess it was endgame, or it ended up being endgame, um, un, you know, unknowingly to me, I uh, set up here and produced um, a number of uh, a Gundams, and then sent them out. And... The exam system worked like a charm. I mean, like, the Gundams themselves, you know, basically geared up, you know, they they promoted themselves and what have you not, got better, and that was basically just that. I mean, like, that that's how it was. It, it wasn't as spotty um, as it had been in the past, and I wasn't looking at it saying, wow, I feel like I'm using a GM versus a Gundam. <clears throat> so, well, that's good. There, yeah, there, there was definitely a difference there. Um, and also, it, it felt like I was able to use the Gundams in, um, shall we say, uh, a kind of a coordinated effort. Although, it, I really wasn't trying to. I was just seeing how they they hashed out. And keep in mind here, I did use them against GDI. That's why I believe... Yeah, that's why I used them up against. So I got to use them up against, you know, Predator tanks, Mammoth tanks, and things like that. So it was a, a fair, healthy you know, uh, setup that I got to do there. So again, I like that. Um, in regards to the mobile doll system, um, really getting a chance to actually, uh, to, to play with it. Uh, I, I will definitely say this. Um, it is a different take than the standard Leo. So one of the things that I found that I, I found really interesting about it is like, it was like the perfect siege troop system. Like if you want to go in, and literally lay siege to an enemy fortification, the mobile doll system is excellent in the way of actually doing that. Because of its automatic boost system, because of the low cost of the mobile suits, because of the, you know, mobile doll, you know, conversion piece to it that gives it that, that extra boost, um, and the added HP, that there made a difference. It, it made a huge difference. Um, so again, I was impressed with what we had going on there, that at least for me, really showed, okay, this is the difference. 
between using Leos, and this is the difference uh, in, in coordination with uh, the Leo to the mobile doll. You know, human pilot to autonomous, you know, AI. So, um, as far as that goes, um, those things really did stick out the most to me uh, in conjunction with gameplay. Is there something you want to say, Ryan? No, um, not really. Okay. I just said good to hear that uh, everything is fitting in properly. Now, for those of you who are wondering about Gundam X, um, Gundam X is still going to be like my my question mark. Um, I I really do think that we have the deployment system of the of the bits down. That there looks good. Um, range, I don't know. It's going to be dependent upon playing on multiple maps. Um, but the range seems a little, just a little too short. Um, but again, it, it just depends well, on, it's going to depend on a number of factors. Like, it, and ultimately what I haven't tested yet with Gundam X, um, and then I'll let you say what you want to say, Ryan, is this, is I haven't really tested it in an in-game fashion. Like, in other words, what happens when you roll out with Mammoth Tank Mark IVs or, what happens when you come out with, you know, like, Scrin Planetary Assault Carriers? Or what happens when you come out with, I want to say, like, um, you know, Nod, this, that, or the other, that are endgame-based units? Um, that's what I haven't put Gundam X up against in order to see how well it all works. Granted, that may not actually impact the initial concept of what it should actually be about in the first place. Like, in other words, you can't necessarily say, hey, Gundam X needs to have expanded range because the Mammoth Tank's rail cannons, you know, sit up here and just simply outrange Gundam X, so Gundam X can never sit up here and hit the Mammoth Tank. Well, in reality, the Mammoth Tank's rail cannons are supposed to outrange Gundam X, so it only makes sense that it would kill it off if Gundam X tried to get close to it. That's my my point from that, that end, but go ahead, Ryan, say what you want to say. Well, all I'm going to say is that's not the point of Gundam X. Gundam X isn't designed to go after mammoth tanks. And you brought up maybe we should change up how it's uh, set cannon is set up to work. We can look into that if you want. But honestly, Gundam X is how I have it set up. It's GPO one, but that set cannon is supposed to have a 2,000-point range versus a typical 300-point range. The idea is it's a Gundam X is supposed to be able to sit back at the base, and as soon as your force hits that Kodiak wave or hits that uh, mothership, the Gundam X is going to start shooting off sat cannon shots once every 30 seconds, 45 seconds from back at the base and be able to hit them from a very safe distance. I do admit that the Gundam X coding needs a lot of work. I also agree with you when I feel that it doesn't quite live up to what it should be uh, stat-wise, I, but I didn't want to increase its like HP or armor without giving you what I've seen myself and seeing what you thought first. So we both had the same feeling as far as how it's set up right now. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, quite honestly, we have to make sure that we don't end up creating Gundam, you know, uh, divider, um, when we're supposed to have Gundam X. I mean, like, that's, that's just the bottom right. line to it. You know, or, and Gundam X is not, it's not in the game to take on Man of Tanks. I mean, honestly, that's not its job. This is a very specialized unit where against normal units, you're going to look at it and go, why did I waste all my time just to get this when it's not really any better than anything else? But as soon as you get into that fight with those three Kodiaks flying in or that mothership flying in and Gundam Max turns around and starts whooping their ass, you go, that's it. That's why this is here. And that's its purpose. That's right. And the fact is, it's, it's a unit. It is. It's an epic, it's an epic unit killer. It is not a normal unit killer. That's, that's correct. And, and that's what people have to understand about Gundam X, uh, when, when it rolls out and they get to play it. Um, definitely it is an epic unit killer. It is not a, a standardized, um, I want to say run of the mill. Hey, use this unit kill off a bunch of shit, spawn in a bunch of shit, and then go use that shit to go kill more shit. Like, if you do that, you're going to fail with Gundam X. That's not what it's meant for. You know, um, and, and to the point of what we just set up here and talked about, it's not made to kill heavy tier units either. It isn't. You know, like, you're not going to hit uh, or take on a, a tier 4 unit like a Mammoth Tank Mark Four <clears throat> with a Gundam X. That's stupid. You're not going to do that with the bits. Again, that's stupid. We're not building Gundam Divider here, and we're not building, um, you know, like, crossbone full cloth or some shit like that. So people have to understand... Right, but I mean, that's that's also the, the exact point of the issue. I mean, you keep mentioning Gundam Divider. We haven't agreed one way or the other whether we're going to put that in or not, but Divider would be that unit that's designed to fight those high-end units. If you watch Gundam AW and you look at what happens in the show, Gundam X gets, like, destroyed by the 8th or ninth episode, I think. Yeah, that's right, it does. And that's because, simply put, Gundam X is not an impressive unit. It only becomes super impressive when it fires that sack cannon and you realize, holy shit, they're running around with a unit that has a nuke. But you can't use a nuke against every single opponent you go up against. That is ridiculous. That's stupid. And that's why Gundam X gets its ass kicked when it does, and they end up turning it into Gundam Divider, which is a unit that is designed to take on other elite mobile suits. But Gundam Divider is not going to be able to do what Gundam X can. They're, they're two different units completely. Yeah, and, and the only reason why I keep bringing it up is so that people understand it is not that. It's not going to be that. You you can't look at it and say stat wise because this is how this is how I see Gundam X playing out with most people. Most people are going to try to unconsciously take the premise of Gundam Divider from a stat perspective and say, "Oh, this ought to be Gundam X," even though the weapon systems aren't the same and stuff like that. They'll say it should be moving like Divider, it should be attacking like Divider, it should have the same damn pilot as Divider has, and, and all this other shit. Like, that's what people are going to do. I see it now. And we are we, we will have said that, like, on episode whatever, 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 we took five minutes and told you straight, it is not what Gundam Divider is. You know? 
Um, so it, it's just one of those things. The reason why I just keep reiterating it is because I, I know people are going to start talking about this thing once when they start using it and saying, why isn't it more like this? The other thing I do want to point out though, is like, all you got to do is look to the Rex. I mean, like seriously, the Rex is an anti, just, I mean, it's, it, it, it's an anti like everything unit, but it's an anti epic unit based unit. That's what it is. But that thing can't do shit, man. If, if you're talking about it in correlation to fighting something one-on-one without its, its sat cannon attack. Like, it doesn't do anything at all. You know? And I remember, no, it's not designed to. That, that's right. You know? And, and there's a good reason why. Because we already tried to put weapons on the Rex. We learned our lesson when we put weapons on the Rex. It, it didn't have the same, you know, uh, look, feel, performance setup. It, it really didn't. So, you know, this is not our first rodeo with what we're going out with here. What makes Gundam X different, though, is it, it works very parallel to what the Rex is with obviously not being the Rex. Um, but that's going to obviously... How shall I put this? Um... It's going to evolve over time. Because as we're having this conversation now, I'm thinking about the bits and how we ought to use the bits, so on and so forth. And I'm honestly starting to think, you know, there might be another angle that we may end up working with Gundam X. But I don't want to sit up here and throw that out right now because I don't think it's just fair to sit up here and do. So anyways, um, with, I want to say, our our latest setup, uh, that's that's something that I I have liked... uh, in terms of the progress that we've made. And I, and I wanted people to know that because I, I know people see pictures, they go, okay, what do these pictures really represent? Um, you know, and, and, and what does it really mean? And the stuff's all usable shit, which is my main thing here. So, um, the next thing is this, uh, and I guess this is what I'm going to ask you. When do you want us to start having people, play test for uh, crashing and stuff like that. Because I know that's an issue. We talked about it in the last episode. And it hasn't changed. Yeah, um... Yeah, that's a loaded question. Honestly, I think that you're right when you said that we need to have separate mods set up so that people can play just Earth Federation UC, just Earth Federation Seed, just UC, or, you know, Nod, or just Skrin, compared to the standard other factions. We need a... We need a test mod, basically, test mods. We know that GDI does not crash the game. So our GDI would be in it, and then... I'm going to have to come up with some custom versions of the mod to give out to people to test each and everything individually to find out what is causing these crashes on each faction and go from there. So until I do that, I don't think we can do really much of anything. That's but that's, that's its own time-consuming process. I mean, it's not nearly as easy as just pulling some things out because... Some units use the props of other factions, and if I pull the entire faction out, suddenly things won't work right. No, I, t- I totally understand. 
And uh, just to let you guys know, um, so me and Ryan discussed it, and stability is one of our, our big things. Now, you want to know from our last release, though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Unfortunately. Um, stability, believe it or not, is one of our, our big things. So, so here's, here's the problem that we run into. Okay. Here's the problem that we run into. Um, understand that, you know, there are a variety of PCs that are actually used in, in the development of this mod, high end PCs, low end PCs, uh, so on and so forth. I mean, like we get it from various different angles. Hell dude, I'm still coding on that Clevo. Yeah. Um, which is running an 8800 GTX card and Windows XP. So anybody that says their computer, you know, that is not powerful enough to run the game, the mod is created on a computer from 2010, so I don't want to hear it. It's been seven years. If you're not fast enough, that's your own damn problem. Well, of course. It was always their problem in the first place. Um, ten years ago and today. Uh Back then, it was just... Well, 10 years ago, I could hear it, but now I can't. I can't stand hearing people complain about it. Well, that's because they're There's all... There's no mad. excuse. I. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm just saying, when I mod the game, I create the game, we work on it, it's done on such an old machine, it's old, an old dual-core processor, I play it on this machine at 720p, so there's no excuse that it can't run on pretty much any machine right now. It'll run on a Surface Pro 2, running an Intel integrated graphics. So, yeah, I don't know what to say to these people other than, and I'm the, normally the nice one about this shit. You just have to upgrade your computer. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm not working on a custom version of the mod that has lowered graphics settings just for you. That's right. We're not doing that. Not feeling it at all. And um, basically what happened was this, is uh, we got the stuff in the game. Uh, we've seen crashes throughout. I mean, you can still finish a game. It's 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 not as bad as the original Xenoforce. Um, but stability is something that is important to us. I mean, like, it kind of goes hand-in-hand with balancing. You don't waste your time coming up with, you know, I want to say, like, quadratic formulas and shit. For your game, so that the game can sit up here and just say, "Ah, memory error. I'm not going to play anymore." Like that, that's not how you do things, or you shouldn't do it. Uh, one of the biggest, I believe, problems of the original Xenoforce mod is the fact that it was not stable. It just wasn't. You know, you get to those th- those pivotal moments in battle, and then the game's like, "Okay, yep, we're we're done." No, no one's won. We're going home now. It's it, it's over. And you're looking at it saying, what the fuck? What, what just happened here? And the game crashed. That's what it is. And that's one of the reasons to why they redid the original factions by giving, like, you know, a third torrent or two torrents. Um, I'm sorry, like a third torrent or, or an extra torrent, you know. Um, two different tanks and stuff like that. And they tried to beef stuff up, but it didn't change anything because their stats didn't really change at all for the other stuff. Um, but for us, the reason to, uh, why I talked to Azusa about partitioning, um, factions within the mod was because we want to make sure people are actually working on what we want them to work on. That's what it is. 
um, in short. And also so that, so that people are not overwhelmed. Because it's, it's real easy to sit up here and say, oh, you know what, I'll only play with like, you know, GDI and, and Earth Federation. But then what happens, of course, then what happens is um, you, you decide, oh, well, yeah, I sat up here and I played this enough. Let me go jump over to this. And then you get yourself all caught up in Nod and in Earth Federation or, you know, Scrin and Nod or whatever it is. And you totally lose sight and focus of where you're actually supposed to be. Um, and, and the other thing is this, is without eliminating those other factions, um, you simply just don't know if there's a bug, shall we say, in the background of one of those factions that's causing another faction to crash. You honestly just don't know it. So... This is why we want to partition it. Now, one thing I was going to say, Ryan, is what we could do is set it up where um, you just lock out units. That's all you do. Like, we keep the mod the way it is, and what happens is for each faction, we set it up where, um, or each mod type, I'm sorry, where you have GDI, and then you have faction whatever, but all other factions, units are simply just locked out. You can't play with them. Well, I was going to just uh, change the INI file and just lock out the faction as an option to begin with. Oh, okay. Th that so it'll be GDI and NOD, and that's it, or GDI and SCRIN, and that's it, or GDI, UC, slash, um, wing is what I'll call it. And I'll just change it so that the starting structure is the uh, mini tray. And all I'd have to do is add the mini tray in, be able to rebuild itself, so that players aren't stuck with just one of it, that kind of thing. But the point still stands. It's, it is a little bit of work, and you know it takes an hour to compile each mod. So yeah, no, no, you're right. It's a time-consuming process. Do you got an i7 yet? But it's going to come. What out here? Yeah, do you have an i7? I had one. I got rid of it. I'm on an i. I've got three different i5 systems and a i3 laptop, and then the Core Two Qu uh, Duo that the mods worked on. That Core Two Duo is a workhorse. No, it's a Core Two Duo Extreme, but yeah, I mean it's it's that Clevo, man. I mean, come on. The fact that I haven't installed Windows or reinstalled Windows 10 on XP on it in how many years and it's still running just fine? Hey, that's that's a the internet, man. The internet. That thing's never on the internet. I swear to God, the internet is what killed the XP. Yes, everyone it is. that's ever had a problem with XP. I've been telling people this for years. It's the internet. You want to break your computer? Put the bitch online. Yep, this computer has not been on a line. Maybe once in the last three years. Uh huh. There's no point. I just copy it over to a thumb drive and put the thumb drive onto the main machine, and that's how I upload the mod and stuff. It's just no, that's the way to do it. Nope. I agree with you. But no, I was I was looking. I bought a um, Alienware M15X first gen recently for really cheap. Uh huh. It's currently, it's currently got an i3 in it, but I was going to upgrade it to a first-gen i7. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about moving the mod work over to that, because that machine still supports Windows XP. 
but I would be going from a dual core to the quad core with hyper threading and everything and seeing if that would speed things up. I should. It definitely should. Except those dual core units, man, are, are a beast. They are. I mean, I, I can tell you from personal experience because I've actually compared, uh, like, uh, my Apple, uh, quad core, um, i7 versus, uh, the Toshiba my mom had dual core. Um, and that dual core just, it, you know, both given them both solid state drives and stuff like that, there is a difference in terms of compiling time, but the dual core holds it well, its own. I mean, like, I, honestly, I don't even know why they made an i5, except they probably just said, let's call it the i5 because people will understand it. Um, no, no, I mean, the i5 makes sense. A dual, an i3 is a dual core with hyper threading. An i5 is a quad core, and an i7 is a quad core with hyper threading. So the, the i5 is just an i7 without the hyper threading. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, I mean, that's why most of my machines run an i5, because it, for gaming, that doesn't make any difference. I was only talking and, and as far as the Clevo, I mean, technically, I don't even know if you could technically call this thing a laptop. I mean, it is. You've seen it. But it's running a desktop socket inside of it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I could put a, I could put a Q6600 into it and upgrade it to a quad core. That's not an issue. It's just a case of the compiler that Electronic Arts came out with doesn't seem more than one thread or one thread at a time. It runs in DOS for whatever fucking reason they came up with that. That's and 3D Studio Mart or you know 3D Studio Max Eight is the same thing. It only sees one thread. So going to a dual core or a quad core doesn't make as much difference as just pure gigahertz in these cases. So you're saying an i3, you know, modern day unit would move faster than a i7 from five years ago. If the gigahertz is higher, yes, definitely. But the problem is this stuff is only able to run in Windows XP which means it can't see more than 4 gigs of memory, and most modern systems do do not support XP. That's true. Which also means you can't use an SSD, because SSDs don't support Windows XP without having to run some kind of secondary program just to keep the uh, hard drives clean, or whatever they call it, because you can't do defragmentation... On an SSD. Um, I actually, that's correct. Yeah, I put uh, Windows XP on an SSD. I did do that. And then I decided, oh, you know what, I'm going to go to Windows 7. Because it didn't make sense to put Windows XP on there. Um, for As long as it took to load and stuff, yeah. It, it didn't even take the same amount of time. It took like a much longer time. Um, I remember when I did that. Um, so, you know, I was, I was just wondering. that. That's all. So, the other thing I wanted to talk about, okay. It, uh, trim. Trim is what I was talking about. Sorry. For Electronics Art? Or Electronic Art? No, Windows X, Windows XP and Windows Vista does not support trim. Trim is a command that oh, yeah, uh, all SSDs do in the background. Yeah, that's right. No, I remember. It took me a second to realize what you were talking about there. Yeah, because when I was thinking about uh, doing an SSD, I had to sit up here and think about that. Um, so Yeah, we've had that conversation before. So, I mean, there's just multiple reasons why I 
we I stick to my core two quad or core two duo. Yeah, you just got to get a caviar drive with like ten thousand RPM. That's all. Ten thousand RPM. A Raptor. Looked into it. Might not be a bad idea. So then the next. I mean, I am I am only running the fifty four hundred RPM in this thing, so that can be upgraded. Uh, yeah, that yeah yeah definitely go at least go seventy two. It makes a huge difference. I can definitely say that. I can't. Um, I mean, solid state makes a difference, like, later on down the line. Like, but up front, it doesn't make as big of a difference versus a 72 RPM as it does later on down the line. You know. But you get a 72 RPM in there with, like, 64 meg, megs of cash, you know. Um, and, and you should be you should be good. Uh, no Seagate Barracudas or anything like that. Don't do those kind of things. <laughs> You just go right ahead and do this modern day, you know. No, I, I was thinking about a Velociraptor. Yeah. I, I would go with a Velociraptor if I was going to do it. I'd have to sit here and check out to see what that is, actually. That's what I have to do. What, is it 10,000? The Western Digital, Western Digital Velociraptors. Those are the 10,000 RPM ones. How much do they cost? Um, pretty cheap nowadays, I think. I thought their 10,000 RPM was like their caviar or whatever the hell they call that thing. No, the caviars are their, uh, I thought that was the slower in line. I don't know. There's a difference between the desktop and the laptop level too. You're right. You're totally right. Cause I'm thinking desktop. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking desktop. It's been so long since I've looked at RPMs on a hard drive. Even when people ask me about them, I'm like, dude, I don't. It's it's 2017. It's it's gonna work. Just just throw it in there. Just throw it in there, you know. And then when people start talking about like, well, I need fast for speed, then get yourself a solid state. Do that. Then get yourself a new PC. Then do that. You know, downgrade your OS if you got if you sat up here and bought some damn, you know, three hundred dollar computer. You know, that's what you need to do. Um, but yeah, it's been a long time since I've dealt with the uh, hard drives and stuff. I mean, like in, in a, in a sense like this, uh, cause usually I just look at one with high specs, throw it in there and say, okay, we're done. We're totally done here. All right. Um, so th- the next thing I did want to talk about was, uh, it was seed. Okay. So obviously you've heard part of what I've had to say. Um, I've heard what you've had to say and Somewhere in here, we either come to a middle ground, or obviously we just basically make a brand new baby out of this. That's what we do. Um, and, and that's the question here, which is where we go from here. I was thinking about a new system. I was actually thinking about that um, earlier uh, today well, that I thought was all right. Let me, go ahead and say Let me explain. Right. Yeah, let me explain out of your system what I do agree with. Um. The one thing that when you told me your system that I thought, yes, that makes perfect sense, was when a seed Gundam finally does die, instead of it dying, it becomes a husk that can be grabbed. That I've got no problems with. It makes sense. You're right. In Gundam Seed, those Gundams are getting stolen left and right every other time. And I do like how that would put a negative 
spin, I guess. Connotation, yeah. Into into that section of you see, if you're afraid about your units being stolen, you don't play a seed because as soon as they run out of power, they're dead on the field and somebody can come and grab them. It was mostly everything else that you suggested with the <laughs> daggers killing to power up Gundams and that kind of thing that I couldn't get behind. For one, I've got no idea how I'd even program something like that. But besides that, there were just other parts about it that, that just didn't make much sense to me. Plus, you know my feelings on the mod at this point. Because it's crashing so much every time we seem to do some kind of creative setup, I'm wanting to get back into a more basic design, which is why I think Gundam Wing works so well. It's simple, it's streamlined, and it really does help you see out in ways that, like you said, if we would have started with the wing, it never would have turned out the way it has. So I really would want to, I'm looking for C to be just as simple in its deployment in the game without taking away from what seed is. We do have to have some, some kind of power system. And we do have to show it in the game because seed units require a different type of energy than any other Earth Federation unit. Yeah. So that's where I'm standing on that. Okay, yeah. So for, real quick for people to understand where, where we're stuck with this, because uh, some people may not know. Although, how they don't know, I don't know. But anyways... In Gundam, the UC universe, you have the Minoski particle, um, or basically a subcompact, you know, nuclear generator. That's what you have. Um, in Gundam Wing, you have a fusion reactor, or a subcompact fusion reactor, okay? Basically, it's the same shit when it comes right down to it. I don't think there's much difference there whatsoever. When you look at Gundam Wing and you look at Gundam UC in the way that their stuff is powered. Now, there are differences in terms of how the, the systems are spinned, okay? Like, like, like Gundam, uh, and this is actually pretty surprising now that I, I'm talking about this because I'm thinking about it now. Gundam Wing, they actually do not talk about power in terms of resources. It's like one of the few Gundams where they don't do that. Gundam UC. Nope, they never do. Um, with Gundam UC, they, they get into it pretty extensively in terms of, you know, Minoski particle jammers and, um, uh, I want to say the, the, uh, the psycho frames and all that other bullshit and so on and so forth that go into that I'm not going to talk about right now. Um, but, but the fact is, in, in recent years, muted. Unmuted. Okay. In recent years, um, you know, they've tried to really hammer down on the power source that, you know, plays into the UC universe. Not that I think it really matters, because I think UC is plagued by so much drama, and I'm just going to throw it out like that, drama, that it really doesn't work. But if you dig enough into UC, I think even the new typism, or whatever it is that they got going on there in that universe, uh, probably is due to some radioactive... 
I want to say, side effect of the Minoski particle. I think if we look at it hard enough, we'll find that. But um, regardless of that, <coughs> th that's how those two play. Where Seed comes in and is different is the fact that the shit is battery-powered. Like, it's Duracells and Energizers. Like, no joke. And I, I think, honestly, this is one of the things that actually allowed Seed to be more, <clears throat> shall I say, proportionalized in how it played out in the first segment of Gundam Seed versus Destiny. I, I do believe that's one of the things, um, is the fact that the shit was battery-powered, your mobile suits were, so on and so forth, and that actually made a real difference. However, what happened with Gundam Seed was they decided to forego battery come out with some, like, you know, claws that said, ah, we got the, you know, uh, you know, in jammer canceller or whatever the hell they were talking about. And, uh, guess what? We can now have nuclear powered mobile suits. And now that we can have nuclear powered mobile suits, well, we can do all sorts of stupid shit. And that's basically what happened, you know? Um, so of, of course what happens there is when you look at Gundam Seed and you wonder why, what's wrong with it? I mean, obviously, character designs, totally just flawed. But the other thing that's flawed in Gundam Seed, literally, is the concept of how they went from... Muted. ...to... Unmuted. They went to battery-powered mobile suits, um, to nuclear-powered mobile suits. So our whole thing is, is that we have to sit up here and show... We literally have to show the battery-powered side of things. Um, and this is another thing from the Gundam Seed perspective, why mobile armors from the Earth Federation's standpoint was so crucial was the fact that they didn't have to rely on the same power consumption restraints that mobile suits did. You know, that's one of the things that I would definitely say is very interesting. Um, right. Muted. Hold on a sec, Doug. Can you hear me? Unmuted. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I do want to say um, one thing real quick. This has nothing to do with uh, Gundam C as far as how the show goes. But looking at our Earth Federation and where it is right now, This is going to sound sacrilegious, but I question whether we even need Gundams from Seed. We both see a point to the mobile armors from Seed. Totally. We also both see a point to the mobile suits with uh, air packs so they can fly. And mobile suits with artillery packs. From a purely gaming point of view, I don't know if we need another section in our Earth Federation faction with even more Gundams. I mean, if we're going to put more Gundams in from Seed's point of view... They have to do things that none of the other guns that we have in there can do. That's where I'm going to stand on it. 
because otherwise it's a level of redundancy I think is not necessary. So am I supposed to respond to that? Yeah, I want to know what uh, you think. Oh, wow. So here Azusa throws out some, you know, declaration from, you know, the dagger to the back. And, uh, no, 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 no. This, this isn't a declaration. I'm telling you what I'm feeling when I'm looking at what Gundam Seed. I can see a lot of stuff that it can bring to the Earth, our Earth Federation faction that only Gundam Seed can do. But UC has such a great stranglehold on the Gundams that we've put into it and their advances. And Seed does such a great, or Wing does such a great job at rounding it out with the Toggies and the Commander Unit and the Leos, that the places I see Seed fitting in are places that only Seed could fit in, but the places that Seed could also fit in otherwise, I just don't know if it's necessary. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so allow me to sit up here and address this, okay? Um, You know, and think of it like a manifesto to a declaration um although it's not going to be a manifesto of any kind so here's here's how i'm going to phrase this for you um to begin with you see in the way that we designed it just straight up they're not bitches okay that's part of the problem that we have here totally honest you see they are not bitches we did a great design in terms of the mobile suits that we took and this is partly what the issue actually is, is the fact that we are trying to go up against something that we actually took a month, sat down, and carved out. Okay? Knowing that their weaknesses were going to be air-based and, of course, um, you know, mobile armor-based, we knew that going into it. Okay? Then, of course, economy became an issue. But that's where Wing was able to basically slip on in and it worked out just fine. And because we stuck strictly to economy, it actually worked. So allow me to address what the issue with Seed is in terms of what you're looking at. Here's the problem with Seed. The problem with Seed, I believe, honestly, is the fact that we are trying to use the Gundams as Gundams and not using them as a platform to launch daggers and mobile armors off of. That's what I think the problem is. So allow me to explain. So in this recent concept that I had, because I actually was thinking the same thing you were thinking, it it works like this. You have the Archangel. The Archangel produces the Gundam, all right? But the Gundam itself is not actually a unit. But think of it as a structure. When the player chooses the Gundam, all right, it is deployed like an actual structure is. However, when it when the player clicks on the Gundam, what they're able to do is they're able to produce mobile suit classes from the Gundam itself. Meaning that the, right. Well, go right ahead. Okay, real quick. Yeah. Um, what's the point of the Gundam then? Why am I not just building those units directly out of the? Archangel or the Dominion. So See, that's what I'm talking about with well, adding more levels that's just not necessary. Okay. And so allow me to explain that. 
The reason to why you are not building them out of the Archangel or the Dominion is the role that the Gundam actually plays. Okay, so currently right now, we don't have, and, and, and this is something that I was going to talk to you about. That's why I didn't really want to talk to you about it on here. Um, because I know that when we had talked about UC, we had talked about getting them a defensive um, perimeter. Basically giving them, you know, the defensive aspect of, you know, um, of the Earth Federation. Because the Earth Federation at this point, like, literally has no defenses whatsoever. Um, except for their capital ships. I mean, ho- however you want to look at that. But my idea... They've got those three teams that I put in. I mean, I don't know if I used it, but I use those teams quite often, depending on who I'm going up against. If I'm going up against uh, GDI, I'm using the G or, or the GM79s. If I'm going up against uh, Scran, I'm switching that over to the either the RGC80s or the RGM79s. So, I thought you were looking at the idea of coming up with a defensive system for UC that was just going to be broad-based across the entire Earth Federation. Am I wrong in in that? Well, the defense, well, like I said, dude, I put those defenses in. You hit the defense tab, you get three different squads right there. You pick the squad and it drops a truck and then the, a couple of units and the units can leave the truck to go out and fight. If they die, they'll respawn back at the truck in a little while. I mean, but they're still locked to that area. It's still a defensive idea. Oh, I didn't, okay, I didn't realize that. Alright. Yeah, the GM, the, the 79s and the 80s, they're just generic defenses now. Okay, alright. So, let me do it like this, okay. So, to the point of what I was going to do with what I was going to say with the Gundams of Seed was this: the Gundam is the actual structure. You think of the Gundam as like the if you want to, just for the sake of the conversation, you can look at it as the tech tab. All right, if you want to think of it like that, um, or if you want to think of it as the quote unquote squad leader, however you'd like to look at that. Um, what happens is from that Gundam, you are able to spawn other mobile suits that are applicable to that that mobile suit, okay, based on weapon type, so on and so forth. The Gundam itself, though, and this is what I was weighing out, rather than letting it go out and fight, so on and so forth, the way we should treat the Gundam is to allow them to be more of a stationary system, and they effectively only engage when the enemy actually comes to the base. And at that point, what happens is the Gundam is activated. Okay? So, it, it, it you know how Dome was in the past, basically? How, you know... Yeah, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about, yeah. yeah. It's, well, obviously, I don't think we're using Dome like that now. Or at least it doesn't seem like we're using Dome like that now. Um, any, any further. And what I was thinking was, we would use the seed system... As a replacement to it. In other words, you attack my base. If I have Gundam Seed, you know, mobile suits there. Unmuted. Okay. If I had Gundam Seed mobile suit 
Gundams that are there, then they're able to sit up here and activate and fight for, you know, the duration of time that their, their power source allows them to. However, when they shut down, that's it. They shut down. That's just, that's, that's it. It's over. And what happens is they effectively go back to being either a husk in the way that we talked about before, or what happens uh, is they can just go back to producing daggers or something. Muted. Well, you just brought something interesting up. Unmuted. Uh, I could see maybe a use for the Gundams if we made them squad leaders. Because Earth Federation, at this point, you don't have any mobile suits that you can build that are in a squad. If we did a squad of daggers with a Gundam as the lead, I could see doing that. I don't know how we would do work it in, but I mean, I could see doing something like that. Well, that I, I had thought about the squad thing first before I thought about just using it as a stationary, you know, system. Um, and then I switched over to a stationary system only because I didn't want you to sit up here and think, oh, he's really just trying to relive the same idea and just change the terminology out, you know, because um, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to come up with something totally fresh that is simplistic. And, and I think the thing is, a lot of the... Right, but if we combine the uh, squad idea... With the mission-based, because we saw a ton of missions for Seed as well, I think we might have something there that would work. Yeah. I think it works just fine. I mean, like, that's how I would do it. I mean, I would look at doing where the Gundam is the point lead, then you have daggers that get to follow up behind it, Okay, because they're just simply the lesser of the Gundam. And then, there you go, that's how their system works. Now, in terms of a system... Oh, go right ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, that wouldn't work for air units, which would be its own separate problem. Because we've already know that you can't put air units in a squad. So maybe that wouldn't work. But I mean, it's something to look into and... uh, see how far we can go with that. Well, here's what I was I was going to talk to you about. So you know how Warhammer has their, you know, you have your Space Marine squad, and then you're able to add units to it. Okay? You know how that works? Yeah, I know you've brought, I know you've brought that idea up multiple times over the last couple of years with different things. That's right. Trying to add something like that in. In regards to that, okay, and I'm not saying to do it by unit by unit basis, because I don't think, honestly, that would make sense. I think that'd be too much micromanaging and stuff like that. All right. My question becomes this. All right. You remember how we had the older Gundam type? Okay, for um, Gundam uh, shit, I want to say for Gundam Seed, you remember how you had like um, the sword, the launcher, the ale pack, how we had that where the player could pick which one it was. 
Yeah, I remember. Okay, all right. So what I'm what I'm wondering here is this: is we're talking about the concept of a a squad system, um, obviously an interchangeable weapon system. My question becomes this: Would you want to set it up where you produce the Gundam? The player chooses what they want that Gundam system to be, kind of like the Talgies system, okay? But in this case, obviously, it'd be weapon selection. It wouldn't be, you know, uh, uh, anything other than that. And that's based on the accessory pack. And then what happens is with the spell bar, you have your dagger squad call-in, okay, where you click it on the spell bar, and then your mobile suits spawn in for lack of a better term. Okay. Or do we just do it as an auto? I want to say just, Hey, after so many seconds of sitting in idle, you get mobile suit a, then so many seconds you get mobile suit B and then so many seconds mobile suit C so on and so forth. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, as far as that goes, I'm not necessarily saying uh, I want to run. No, I'd have to look into. I'd have to look into it. I know one time I thought about the mission system for C being on a per unit basis instead of being on a global basis. Because if we did per unit, it'd be easy to set it up where you build a unit and then figure out which pack it was going to go with based off which upgrade you did versus a global setup. But that kind of, to me, felt like it was going against what we were going for with the Earth Federation as a general, as a whole. I didn't want to leave that script that we pretty much have already put into place where you get that one capital ship, you pick its mission, and then the units all follow that mission. Yeah, that's right. And that's why I'm asking the question where I'm, the way I'm asking it is because what I'm thinking here is this, is you can have your your um, your quote-unquote, we'll say Gundams. Okay, you can have that. Choose the weapon or pack selection that you want. Okay, you choose the pack selection that you want. And then based on that, what happens is you then choose your class for the squad that's going to follow behind it. Now, whether that class is you know, runs into, shall we say, the energy gauge that you actually have, or whether it plays off of a time factor, or whether we link it to direct income, that's part of the, the I guess, the mechanics here of what we're actually talking about, okay? Which is, you've got your squad leader, then you can add, let's say, four other guys to the squad, Okay. Right, well, that's where it comes into a different problem. I'm not sure how I'd be able to do that. Typically, you're only able to add one additional unit to a squad, and that would be the uh, leader. Okay. And it would have to be a set leader. If we set the missions based up off of a leader type, I could see switching the leader from a like launcher pack to a... Uh, sword pack or something, but when you get to the AL, then you've got a different issue because 
air units can't be in squads, and yeah, I don't know. It's something we're going to have to look at to try to figure out. But that comes back to what I was saying earlier. Do we need Gundams in the seat section? I mean, we obviously need the mobile armors. And I can see the ones that you've, you picked out working perfectly. So if, if daggers and, oh, go ahead. well, I was going to say certain daggers, again, I can see. I can see having a dagger, be it a dagger L or a strike dagger or whatever, whichever one we go with. A dagger that this is an artillery dagger, and based off the mission, tells you what kind of artillery dagger is going to be. Is it going to be a double horn dagger, or is it going to be a launcher dagger, or what have you? I can also see doing it from a, going back to what we were talking about earlier, where, okay, you pick your dagger, and now it's a double horn. Okay, you hit the mission, and it switches to ale, or it switches to... Uh, close range with a with a sword being able to choose how you want the unit to fight and then putting limitations on each mode where like for example with the launcher it cannot target anything that's within 150 points of it. With the AL it's an air unit so it's got it's range but it's weaker because it's up in the air and it's easily targeted. With the sword, it has additional armor and protection, but it has to get within that 50-point range to attack. This kind of stuff makes sense to me. I just don't see where the Gundams fit in in a way that's going to make them be something that UC could never do and Wing could never do. So, I mean, as far as UC goes, they're, I'm going to be honest with you, UC can do anything that Seed can do. I, I just, minus the shitty-ass storyline. Um, because they have nuclear-powered mobile suits. I mean, that's just, it's that simple. I mean, like, that part's easy. Same thing with Wing. I mean, like, realistically, if you were to think about the mobile suits in Gundam Wing, and then you looked at Gundam Seed, you know, yeah, Wing's got them beat by, like, miles ahead. They do. Um, for the amount of work that you have to go through with Seed to get things done. So here's, here's my thing, okay? Let me answer your question. The Gundams that are applicable, okay, to being something that are not, shall I put it this way, not standard. Okay, in other words, they are not, um, they're they're not run-of-the-mill. Okay, the kind of Gundams that you're going to be talking about that would actually make a difference from a playable standpoint would be, and let's take the, the, the strike Gundam out of the equation, okay, for a moment. Let's assume because you got packs going on, you can replace those with daggers and we call that a day, okay? Let's just make our assumption that that's what you have there. After that with Gundam Seed, the kind of Gundams that you're looking at is you're looking at things like, I want to say, the Strike Nor. You're looking at that right there. You're looking at, um, I want to say, the Hyperium. You're looking at something like the Stargazer. Okay? If, if we are talking about Gundam Seed, all right, in the sense of... What Gundams could you put in the game that would make a difference, okay? They would make a difference from a playable standpoint. And you're not talking weapon swap packs and all that other nonsense, okay? Like, in other words, you stick this fucker in the game, and it does what it does, and it does it well. Those are the kind of Gundams that we're looking at that make that difference, okay? 
So when you talk about, for example, Strike Nor, one of the things that Strike Nor does is, I mean, like, honestly, that's how you acquire Phantom Pain. All right. The fact that you can have stealth based mobile suits at that point, the fact that um, just the Strike Nor in and of itself is a very, very well built, I want to say, mobile suit. Um, although it is a strike unit, it vastly is superior to anything fucking in that Gundam Seed or Gundam Seed Destiny series. Like, it's the, it, it, it's the one unit that is a standard unit that could actually kill the freedom and the justice. Like, it, it is the unit. Um, and, and the, uh, Legend and Providence, too. Um, and how I know this is when I played the game, you know, back when I did that whole, like, you know, import game thing, uh, with the PS, uh, two, dude, that, that's exactly, that was the mobile suit of choice. Like if you wanted to go up against Kira, Atherin, if you wanted to go up against Rollo Crusade, and I think that other dude's name was Ray, basically all those heavy hitting mobile suits, the strike nor was literally the mobile suit that you chose of choice because it was the only thing that could survive a repeat onslaught of that. Um, that's number one. Number two, you talk about the Hyperium. The Hyperium has the Artemis system. All right, so literally... Right, that, okay. Go right ahead. Real quick, yeah, I was going to say real quick, the Hyperion, I understand why we would put that in. I definitely do, okay. sort of. All right, cool. It would be a great defensive unit because it would be almost impossible to hurt this thing. Damage out, but it's right in the middle, but as far as a unit that is going to be able to go in there and not have to worry about dying nearly very, you know, as quickly because of its Artemis shield system. Yeah, I, I definitely see why we'd put Hyperion in. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I I thought you would. That was, like, the only Gundam I could see putting in. Honestly. That right there? Well, right, because, I mean, Strike Norris Shrignor is a great-looking machine. It really is. But is it better than what we've already got in, including the commander? Okay, strike. If if you were asking me that, like honestly, like if I had to choose the commander unit, we're, we're talking wing, right? Yes, wing. Okay, the commander unit versus strike nor. In reality, I would choose strike nor. Yes, I would. Not because of its looks. That nah, has nothing to do with it at all. I mean, the thing is sexy as hell. I mean, you do do look at the thing and go, why didn't you guys use this mobile suit here as the actual unit? That's not why, though. The reason for it is that mobile suit is basically like the Talgies, in a sense, but it's actually a Gundam Gundam, if that makes sense. Like, it, it's have you, have you ever actually seen Stargazer? No, I have not. Okay, all right. Well, that, okay, all right. Every, yeah, everything I know about Strike Nor is just stuff I've read up about. Same with the Stargazer Gundam, which, looking at that, that thing, dude, I'm sorry that's not going in our mod. I don't care. I'll quit before that thing goes in the mod. No, no, I, I'm merely answering the, the question of mobile suits that make sense. This, listen, the way they beat this, okay, let me put it like this. The way the Strike Nor was actually beaten, they actually had to blast the thing. I think it was like the Venus with the Stargazer. That's what they had to do. Like, that is how 
well this mobile suit is actually built. Like, it is, like, at the top of mobile suits that I would rank in Gundam, period. But it is... It's tough to explain. Melee-based, short-range combat-based, high-speed-based. It's, in a sense... I'm almost going to say, like, the canine without the limitations of the canine. Like, if I had to sit up here and take Blue Destiny, the canine, the tall geese, and for the sake of the conversation, we'll say... Um... I'll go with... Death Sight and Sandrock. If I had to take all those mobile suits and shove them into one, Strike North is what you're coming out with. Like, that's what this mobile suit is in the overall scheme of things of what it actually represents. That's exactly what it is. And it, it's the, the mobile suit itself is so powerful that after you see it, and I'm not talking about in terms of its actual power, I'm talking presentation. After you see it, you just go, why didn't you guys start with this thing from the jump? Like, what was the point of all this other shit? Like, literally, it's the mobile suit that you look at and you go, it's balanced, it's totally legit, it's within its universal parameters, there's nothing that they cheated on when they made this thing. So why on earth wasn't this mobile suit actually used? And and when I'm talking about the Strike Noir... That's where I'm coming from with it, is that if you were to eliminate all the strike systems, okay, if you were to, to whittle it down in Gundam Seed and say, what is there that's there, it would definitely be on the quote-unquote top of the list of mobile suits. But what I'll do with the Strike Nord, okay. I'll, I'll actually send you, I'll, I'll send you the, the, the footage on that. That's what I'll do, because it's not... I, you can't get okay. Well, real quick, words. go right ahead. Let me ref- let me put it to you like this, then, because I'm going to come at you from the modding point of view. Yes. Because, like I said, I like the way the strike. You're right. Strike Nor looks fucking amazing. It looks like a great suit that you're going. Why didn't you use this ages ago? It's true. Do we have the model? I thought you told me a long time ago that you didn't. Yeah, strike Nor, I don't have a Strike Nor model. I wish I did. You don't? Ah. Okay. No, I don't. Second of all, if you compare it compare it to the commander. Uh-huh. Are they both gonna be filling almost the same role? And it sounds like they are. Obviously Strike Nor sounds like it's gonna do a better job of the job. But the commander can make Leos into dolls, so, I mean, they do still have their own setting, but in the end, they still sound like they're going to fill the same role, and we don't have the models, so... They would be very... They're going to be... It, it does eat a lot of that... Similar. ...that uh, thing. I'm not, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that at all. I, you're not going to hear me deny that. I'm not going to sit up here and deny that. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, and that's why that's why I'm kind of hesitant about saying yes. We should put the Stregnor in. I mean, like I said, it's a beautiful looking model, and maybe we will. I'm not counting it out yet. Okay, I so I thought you had that model. I thought you told me that years ago. I thought you had some. Seasons. No, that I don't have. 
I don't know. Maybe I do. I don't think I do. Because I, I, I know I don't have Hyperion. Okay. I, well, I thought we could make Hyperion off of the models that I've got. Okay. And Strike Nor. Yeah. Like, like the stuff that I'm thinking about, for the most part, has got to work within the premise of the models that I already have. I thought you told me that you had um, the Mustang or whatever the fuck that one thing was. That you had, um, I thought you had a couple of mobile suits. To be honest, I, the Australian. I've got so many mobile. Yeah, I was gonna say I've got so many mobile suits and models. I'll have to go back and look and see what I've got for Siege. Okay, right. I might have it and not even realize it. I mean, hell, I just found that uh, Tall Geese model. Remember? Yeah, that's right. There's stuff I've got from people from years ago that donated, but that's neither here nor there. The other question comes into how we're going to use Gundam's four seat. So now, oh, go go right ahead. One option is making them buildable. Another option is to make them summonable. Third option is to make them as special drop-ins based off of things that happen in the game. I mean, we've gone over this before with different factions, so none of this is a surprise. Something like the Strike Nor, I think, would have to be like the Commander, where you're not going to have this as a mass-produced unit. No, no. Versus, versus Hyperion, uh... I could see Hyperion being a mass-produced unit. It was. They had, like, three of those damn things that they know of. And then there were a couple of variants after that. (laughs) So that comes down to, what's the point, though? So let's say, for example, we go, yes, we're putting Strike Nor in. Let's say we're putting Hyperion as mass-produced. Strike Nor, you can only get one of. Hyperion, you can get as many as you want, but they're really expensive, so... Most people won't have more than three or four of them on the field at one time. They're not going to make an army of them. That's right, yeah. That's that's correct. So Okay. Go ahead. But what is going to be their purpose? We already have plenty of Gundams that go out there and fight. We already have plenty of Gundams that go out there and make money. With the Toggies, I mean, I guess... In this instance, we're going to call them Gundams because it's going to still fall, fill that middle to high end tier three to tier four mobile suit option that you can build. Yeah, you're right. I don't see a point in these units because we've already got stuff that's already filling their same class, their same role, their same section in the Earth Federation where mobile armors are the elite level units that Earth Federation is sorely lacking in. And daggers with their strike packs and stuff are filling the roles that every other mobile suit that we've already got in the game does not fill, the artillery and the air units. Straight nor I guess I could see filling an air unit role as an air Gundam, because at this point you don't have any air Gundams other than ones that come about from the uh, core block system. 
this would be a unit that is actually able to be put onto the field as an air unit. Can Hyperion fly? We can make it fly if it can't. We can make it fly. Well, right. I can mean I can technically make everything fly if I That's wanted right. to, we but can. that doesn't mean it's a flying unit. Um, I would honestly have to check and uh, keep in mind that Hyperium has a uh, non-Gundam form too. There's the Hyperium G, which is basically like a dagger Hyperium, and then there's the Hyperium. Right. I, yeah, I saw that. Okay, just just to make sure here, I'm not I'm not I'm uh Hyperium. I'm looking at more of a defensive unit. To be totally honest with you. Okay. That's that's exactly what I, that why I'm seeing it. Strike Nor, I see it as a flight-based mobile suit. I definitely see that. But I also see it being able to give Seed stealth capability. Which you do not have any of that with the Earth Federation. So these are... In, in the end, right, I but I mean... Okay. Go right ahead. You gotta, remember with, you gotta remember with stealth, I can't just say when this unit is built, everybody gets stealth. Or when this upgrade is done, everybody gets stealth. Stealth has to be done coding-wise a different way. And it has to be done through a uh, drone being built, whether you see it or not. Well, That's how we did it ages ago with the old... Uh, oh shit, what was, uh, what was that series of mobile suits that we added in as upgrades? That was based off of Gundam from, like, just before Gundam. Mm, it was after 0083, before 0087. You mean, oh, um, Hazel. Hazel? The Gundam Hazel Project. Yeah. Yeah. That, when that one unit gained uh, the Hazel upgrade and became stealth in a sniper unit, that was done through a bit that was being deployed, basically, that you didn't see, that died if the main unit died. And when we do that kind of thing, remember, you lose a lot of other options of what you can do with those units. You can't be in squads, and you can't uh, do certain upgrades and certain abilities. I'd really like to avoid that if possible. Now with Strike Nor, what we could do is make it act like a uh, diffuse tower that Nod used to have. Those uh, towers that you built that make everything else other than it invisible. That's what I was going to suggest here. I could I could see doing that. But it would follow that same rule where only the Strike Nor is technically invisible. If it goes out of that range, anything else is going to lose its invisibility option. But that would just mean we broaden that range. I mean... It, it, right, but there still comes a point where you can't go. I mean, I'm not going to make it a 2,000-point range. No, no, no. Why would you do that? No one's saying to do that. That's what I'm saying. It, it, would, it would have to be like 300 points, just kind of like what Gundam yeah. X does with its... Uh, with the uh, bit system. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, then I can see Strike Nor being the uh, Gundam that uh, Dome gives it. Well, yeah, it would have to come from Dome, because, I mean, obviously, they only built one of the damn thing, although I don't see why they didn't... Yeah, it's just, it was bad, bad, uh, bad pre-production design. That's what that was called. Um... 
Okay. So we've got a point for Strike Nor then if we can actually, you know, pull it off. Have the model. Yeah. Like I said, Hyperion I saw as a shield. Um beyond that, honestly, I would have to look to see when it comes to seed. Unless we're doing something like the perfect I guess the perfect strike or gun barrel strike. Um, yeah, no, I'm, we're not doing perfect strike. That's whoever came up with that idea was a goddamn twelve-year-old sitting at the goddamn lunch table. But Ryan, perfect strike is that cardigan power GM. That's all that is, dude. I'm gonna put all strike packs onto it, so I win. That's but that's the whole point. That's what makes it perfect. And, you know what's? I put that in, dog. I'm gonna set it up so that it can be killed by a fucking zone trooper. I swear to God, I would. That is such a lame idea. Well, what? The only thing that bothers me about the perfect strike is the fact it was in the series, and I totally missed it. It was. Yeah, uh, apparently it was in the series, and I missed it. I've never gone back to relook at it, but yeah, like um, apparently Mula Flaga. He used the perfect strike to fight off Lalo Crusade or whatever bullshit it was. And I'm like... I don't remember that. Like, it, it's that unrememberable. It's, hey, look, it's it's probably in, like, the HD, like, remaster to the fourth powered series of Gundam Seed. You know how that shit goes. They slipped that shit. Episode three, 36 of the HD remastered. Yeah, you know, that's exactly what happened. I, I'm quite sure. Um, but now I would have to look to see what other Gundams actually serve a purpose for Seed. I would. Um, if we aren't going to do the strike, then we just aren't going to do the strike. Um, that's just that. If we want to use the strike as a... If we want to use the strike as a summoned unit based on events that any player can pick up, kind of like the colony drop... Then, um, I mean, because that's not a surprise. Everyone remembers that one. Shit, that picture's posted all over the place. Then we could do that as well. Um, I'm not against that. Um, I think there are a couple things you had to talk about with Seed. I think there are. Mobile armor-wise, here's my thing about it, is just how are we going to do the deployment of it? How do we want to do the deployment of it? That's the key for me to the mobile armors. Is... I agree. Um... It becomes. I think. I think mobile armors would have to come about through infield. I don't see any other real way of doing it other than infield production. Okay. Unless we did a power that summoned them in, but even then, I really think infield creation makes the most sense. To me, it made a lot of sense, um, and I, I just wanted that to come from you and not me. Um, I think I already talked about it once anyways, but yeah, I just thought it would come from you, not me. Uh, yeah, now, what mobile armors were you liking? I liked all the three that you sent me. Obviously, the, uh... Yeah, I can't... I'm trying to remember the names of the ones that you sent me. You got that spider-looking one. Yeah. And then you have the gun barrel one. And then you had the one that had... The Artemis shield did it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Or it had something like it. it had a deflector shield. Because that's how great yeah. the seed is. They, like, oh, we have Artemis. I can see it. <laughs> Let's go to deflector. I can see using... 
I could see using all three of those mobile armors in the game. I have no problem with any of those mobile armors. And what about but that's what the destroyer? What about what? What about the destroyer Gundam? If we make it right, I think it would be amazing. But that one, I am really worried about us screwing up. So that one, I would not put a definite on okay. until everything else was in. Uh, okay. And we see what's needed. I'm not going to lie. I hate the Destroyer Gundam. Um, I, I just can't. I... It doesn't seem like a Gundam to me. It's well, no, no, no. It's a mobile armor for sure. You know, it's kind of like we took Big Zam and took Psycho Gundam, meshed them into one, and here's Destroyer Gundam, folks. Here it is. But the problem with Destroyer Gundam is it looks lame. It does. It's not even just that, though. I mean, once it's in Gundam mode, what is it going to do? There's nothing else that size that it's going to fight, so it just kind of stands there and steps on things. Yeah. That's right, it does. So, yeah, that one, if we do it, it's going to be a, we're looking at it going, Earth Federation just needs that one last super unit that nothing else could possibly fill that role other than that. And even then, you just said it, we could always use uh, Psycho Gundam. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, and, and that's the reality of this, that, like, when we get to the Destroyer Gundam, it, it, like, I would much rather sit up here and use the Stargazer with its nuclear capabilities, okay, um, than to fuck. I am not using a fucking Halo Gundam. I'm sorry. Dude, that thing that looks like it needs to be was, hanging out with Master Chief. That thing was awesome. Ryan, that thing was no. fucking awesome. It could defeat virtually anything. It has enough power. Except, to uh... Dude, it looks lame. I'm sorry. It does. I don't care what it could be. It was designed by, like, men who live out in space and women. It should look lame. Let's face it. No people living out in space, no men are going to sit up here and design something that's masculine and, and believably strong. No, it's not going to happen. That's part of the space. So, so here's the question. Yeah. And this is off topic, and it is getting kind of late, so I'm allowed to do this now, guys. Do you think it would be able to beat Dolores? The Stargazer? Realistically? Yeah. And you know what? I'm even going to give character shields. No, the Stargazer doesn't have a character shield. So it, it, Dolores it, does. Yeah, it does. And that's what I'm actually thinking... I, 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 ooh, I don't know. It, it depends. If they, here's why it depends, okay? With the Stargazer, like, literally, they were willing to use what they needed to to beat the Strike Nor. Like, it, 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 like, the way it worked in the series was basically this, to make a long story short. They realized that fucker in the Strike Nor wasn't like everybody else. And pretty much it was like, okay, how are we going to beat this guy? We can't really beat him. I mean, like, even though the Stargazer is more powerful, and it technically was much more powerful than the Strike Noor, the ability that it took to beat the Strike Noor just wasn't there. Regardless of the fact, they actually were pretty decent with the Stargazer. So, 
if you're asking, if the Stargazer has the ability to use the Stargazer's ability to do planetary travel and literally blast Dolores to, like, the next planet or star system, then it wins. Okay, it totally does. If it comes down to a, we're trying to pull some, like, fucking Idolo at the catapult shit, then that's where I think they're actually a bit more even, but I would realistically give it to Dolores. For the simple fact that the Stargazer's not going all out. So, like, if it goes all out... Well, what I'm going to say is, if Stargazer tries that to send Dolores to another, you know, solar system or planet or whatever, I think the character shield is going to cause that to be blocked. It's as simple as that. That's where that character shield's going to save its ass, Dolores' ass. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. And then, and then Dolores is going to, you know get pissed off because of what you just tried to do to it. And then all sorts of shit's going to hit the fan. And yeah, and that's part of my thing here is that the Stargazer is powerful as it is. Now, it does have, like, uh, tactical nuclear weapons and stuff like that. I mean, it's a pretty powerful unit. Um, and also, it's got, like, some... You really think it's going to try to nuke Dolores? No, honestly, I think it's going to use, like, its, its beam hula hoops. It's got, like... Yeah, there you go. It's got a beam hula hoop. And that's why I am not putting this model into the game. I, I am not fucking having a unit attack with a goddamn hula hoop. I'm more likely to put a Super Saiyan in before I do that. Like, that's the problem with the Stargazer right there. It's too... Like I said, it, it, it it's clearly a case where I think the guys who designed Gundam Seed said, let's go talk to some bitches... What would you like in a mobile suit? And then they said, oh, here, here's what it is. And they said, oh, what about the Stargazer? Okay, there we go. Um, but yeah. See, what I'm hearing, because like I said, I haven't watched uh, Stargazer yet. I haven't looked at it other than I've looked at the models and I've looked at the pictures and I read up on them. I think what they did is they had two different teams come up with these mobile suits. Team A and Team B. Team A came up with Star Strike Nor Gundam, and they did a amazing job of making it amazing while still keeping it within certain levels of limitations. Like, they didn't just go, I've got the best suit possible. They made a realistic-looking suit that's a step above everything else that's come before it, but still reasonable to its storyline. Yeah, I agree with that. The other group came up with the Stargazer. And Group A showed their pictures and showed their stuff up first and showed everything on it. And, you know, the, the leader looked at Team B and go, okay, what do you got? They got Stargazer. And they're like, oh, we're showing it off. And, oh, by the way, I also have a... Uh, nuclear option, and we could do this and that also, because ours is better. Yeah. I agree with that. 100%. I I believe it was the, um, you know, the uh, Freedom and Justice team, that's what that was, versus the Strike team. Cause clearly, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they weren't cut from the same cloth. I mean, like even if you watch Gundam Seed, yeah, you definitely know that they 
that somewhere along the line, the dude, the, the team doing the strike shit isn't the, the same team doing the freedom shit. But no, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go through Gundam, I'll go through Gundam Seed one more time and see if they honestly have anything else. Because I, I don't really think that they're going to have, beyond the daggers and the, the, uh, the fucking, uh, the mobile armors, I don't think they're really going to have that much. I don't. Um, and, and I think... Right, that's, come. that's coming back to my point. Yeah. I don't. I, like, like I said, if you did the strike unit in the way that you're talking, um, definitely that would be like the same thing as just like random colony drops and stuff like that. Um, you know, from that perspective, but then also understanding when that sucker runs out of power, it's up for grabs, you know, and, and, and maybe that makes for a very interesting situation because it really does muddy up the waters there on what you can do. Especially if we're looking at the fact, are we going to have like random colony drops for UC or not? I wasn't planning on it. Okay. I didn't think you were. So that could actually replace that. Okay. For those. Well, think of it this way. If you drop a Shrike Nor into the enemy base and the Shrike Nor is just whooping ass and tearing things apart and finally the enemy is able to do enough damage to it that it runs, quote, out of power, unquote. Once it's out of power, it tries to run back to its own base to power back up, like my original system idea was around. Then it gets shot at again, and it fails its boost, which means it just falls flat. Out of power, pilot's dead, out comes the engineer and goes, grabs that shit. Suddenly, you just gave your enemy strike nor. And because they took it, and it you lost it the way you did, you will not get another strike nor in the game. Like, that was it. You just lost it. You're shit out of luck. I think that is a very interesting way of doing it, as well as a fair way. I don't want to say I want to punish the player, but if you're the kind of guy that's going to do like I did with the commander unit, which I simply did because I wanted to see how it would affect the game. Okay, all right. You finally gave me a reason for that. All right. You know somebody's going to do it. If someone else is going to do it, you got to see what it's going to do. I don't want it to crash the game or suddenly to have two of them on the field because... Oh, don't worry. You know, I, faction A goes, oh, well, I lost the unit, so now I'll, suddenly that upgrade's gone and I get another one. Look, I expect... That wouldn't be fair. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you. And I look, I expect, I'll be honest with you, I expect a ton of people to sit up here and make that mistake. I do. And you wait until I see these people do this shit. And then I go, what the fuck were you people thinking? Did you not sit up here and understand that that decoy power yeah, is there fuck for, not, dude. for <laughs> a reason? It's there. And it works. I've seen it work. To everybody, to everybody out there that's listening to this, never, ever, 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 ever send your unique, one-of-a-kind mobile suit against Nod. Because one of those structures out there is a decoy, and it will steal your mobile suit, and then you're fucked. You might as well just forget about it. That's right. You might as well uh, quit. No, I don't want to say quit, but you're 
going to be putting yourself behind a much harder ending than you need to do. I mean, no, you're right. But either way, back to the strike nor I can see this all playing out. And I think you're playing as the strike nor you said it in there. It's kicking ass. You just lost strike nor fuck. You lost strike nor seed suddenly has lost its ultimate Gundam. Yeah. You can still destroy it with, uh, some mobile armors or something. But that's what you're based off of at this point. You have to try to kill the Strike Nor and then take it back over yourself. It's not an easy task. Followed by you lost the commander because you went up against Nod and hey, Nod's sneaky bastards are those decoys and now you've lost Nor and Gundam and uh Commander. Now what are you gonna do? You're stuck with UC. UC's the only faction, except it's not. And if you fuck up and lose your prototypes as well, not I really think is going to be the one faction that can totally kill an Earth Federation player's momentum. Well, you know what? You just brought up a really good, interesting point that I want to hit, hit up here tonight, and especially with Gundam Seed. Do you want to set... Gundam Seed's mobile armor's up where they don't come in until after the Gundams are lost. No, because I don't want to make any sense. It's kind of like um, why I was arguing for the Tall Geese to always be available right at the beginning, one way or the other. Yeah. Because the Tall Geese is the original. The Morbius was there right from the beginning. No, no, that no, first no. episode of Gundam Seed. And that's a mobile armor. Yeah. So... Some mobile armors have to be there one way or the other. No, no, that, I'm not talking about something like the Mobius. I'd expect that to be there. But what I'm talking about is when you when you look at something like your, quote-unquote, I'm going to use Destroyer Gundam or whatever the case might be, do you get that based on the, quote-unquote, failures? Or, more importantly, when you talk about the strike units. All right? I'll do it like that. Let's say, for example... You get your Hyperion, you get your Strike. For the sake of this conversation, we're going to say you get your Stargazer, okay? So you have three, again, just for the sake of this conversation, you have three Gundam um, uh, Elite units. Okay, as you lose each Gundam Elite unit, what happens is you get a kill squad, a kill team. And that kill team is your strike pack-based team, whatever the hell it's going to be, okay? Where these are the units that you got to send out to take on that unit down the way. So basically, you, you have a countermeasure, and that's what, <coughs> in, in a sense, when, when I think of the strike system, I think of it, as much as I really do hate to say it, but I guess it is true, I think of it as a countermeasure system. Like, remember, the strike was going up against the Aegis, the Duelist, the Buster, and um, whatever else was fucking out there. The Blitz, I think that's what it was. Okay, so it was going up against all that. The reason why it made it as far as it did, though, is because it was able to sit up here and counter. Now, my idea behind it is this. I agree with what you're saying in terms of you don't need to have Gundams there to have Gundams there. 
Okay, we made our choice with UC to do UC like that, and we can always add more Gundams to UC if we want to at some point in the future. You don't need to flood Wing with Gundams, definitely, and you and, and to give Seed a whole plethora of Gundams on top of mobile armors don't make any sense. However, <coughs> what I see the mobile armors doing versus what I see a Gundam Kill Squad doing are two totally different things. If you get into a situation where you lose your Gundams, okay, whether we're talking UC or just for the sake of this part of it, UC or, or, or seed or whatever, then it would then come down to if you're using seed actively, you get your strikes, your, your kill squads that go in there and their, their whole purpose is to take down that Gundam. Now the catch to it would be this, they're battery powered. All right, so what you're basically doing is sending, let's say for the sake of the conversation, three against one, if you want to think of it like that. That's what you're doing. But once when you run out of those boosts, it's up for grabs. It gets better, it gets worse, it stales, whatever. But I'm just wondering if that's the missing sauce that we have going on there. You know, just based on how we're talking now. I don't know. Um, I know it's a lot to think about. I mean, clearly we weren't thinking this when we went into this tonight. Right. The idea of getting the mobile armors when you fail is interesting. Finding a way to do it that's fair is the hard part because every time I think of an idea like that, I see somebody building a mobile suit, and then sending it out because they want it to fail just so they can get the next set. And that's not the point. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you can't stop them from doing that. You're totally right about that. And if that's going to happen, there's no point in going through the entire process because it's just... It's somebody that's going to do it because they'll even build a mobile suit and turn it around to shoot it with their own units just to see it fail, just so they can unlock the mobile armor. Now, do you believe that the mobile armors are actually more powerful than the Gundams? We already know that some of them are. It wasn't the Gundams that... Was it Gundam Destroy? What was that one that looked like a tarantula? That had the, the spider legs. Uh, and Gundam Destiny, it was being fought against, and the one Gundam pilot and Gundam couldn't hurt it, and it was basically destroying them. So was that the Destroy Gundam that was wiping out city after city? Uh, yeah, that was the Destroy Gundam, yeah. Okay. We already know that the Destroy Gundam was, it wasn't beaten by, because one Gundam was stronger or weaker than another, than this thing. It was beaten because the pilot was able to look at it and see the weakness that the other ones weren't able to. Well, yeah, you're right about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... I would say in the end, and 
it also comes up back to what you're fighting against. The mobile armors are going to be the elite units. The super, I don't even want to call them elites. They're super units. They're the Kodiaks. They're the motherships. They're yeah. the Colossuses of the Earth Federation. They're that unit that you're pulling out because everything else has failed, and that's the you've gone into that epic level of gameplay, and these are the units that are being used at this point. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like that—that's—that's that's the whole reason why they're there. There's no ands and servants about that. Like that—that's—that's that's why you got to do it like that. So, really, we just have to simply think of a deployment system that's going to work. It's probably going to have to be infield. I mean, I, I think we both, you and I, agree with that. Mobile suits simply just come from come from a. Uh, the Archangel, do it like that. Yeah. Okay. We can scratch the Gundams for now, and then look at the Gundams from a dome perspective that are going to make sense to use. I think that makes more sense. Because I. Because obviously we do still have to put. We do have to put a Gundam in there at some point, in some way, in some fashion. But. We might not at the same point. Well, yeah, I mean, we didn't have to really do it with Wing, you know? I mean, Wing wasn't desperate where we had to have a Gundam-looking face there. And, and the fact is, is that yeah, I mean, we have plenty of dagger models. We've got plenty of Wyndham stuff that we're going to be able to use. I mean, like, there's just plenty of stuff that you can actually do, so... I, I agree with you 100% there when, when, when we're talking about, you know, um, not necessarily needing Gundams. You know, at the same time, though, I, I look at the fan base and, uh, you know, it's like, ah, you know, a lot of these people are going to be like, where's my strike at or where's my freedom? I mean, they'll be pissed off that they don't get a freedom and justice in and of itself, you know, um, but for the people who who really have waited for this element of the faction to come along, you know, I want to give it some service. Uh, but at the same time, it just has to make sense. I'm trying to put shit in there that doesn't make sense. Uh, and then, you know, I guess there's always the honorable mention box. You know, we could come out with one of those. You know, just honorable mention box. Where you have a little box on the battlefield, and if you hit it, guess what? Boom, there you go. There you go. You just you, you get your little gun. To yeah. <laughs> but no, that that's it as far as that goes. I don't I don't want to beat it any more than what it is. I think there's a lot we got to think about, and uh, probably tomorrow um, or the day after, I'll I'm gonna send you an audio saying, hey, okay, look, this is what I'm thinking based on what you said. This is the way we need to move forward with this. So that's my my thinking process on that. On that end. Okay. How much time did we do tonight? I know we had a lot to talk about. It's one thirty right now. That's been about almost two hours. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so we've done like one forty one about one forty five, one forty six. Um shit. Did you want to sit up here and talk about the reboot tonight? Yeah, let's if anybody doesn't care after this point, I mean that's up to them. 
I know some people, this is kind of the point. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll get right into it. Um, So, basically, I was at the library. You know, um, I know a black man going to a library. Uh, No, I wasn't there to sit up here and try to pick up chicks. And, uh, yeah, I I have limited um, capabilities of reading. So, I went over to the, I guess, illustrated section. You want to call it that? Yeah, I'd say, like, (laughs) illustrated section, uh, graphic novel section. And and when I say graphic novel, I just mean, like, you know, um, graphical in terms of anime, manga, that kind of thing. Uh, Because libraries have those things now. um, Because anime is, like, really huge at libraries now for whatever reason. And um, long story short, I saw, you know, I guess they're rebooting Iron Man. You know, they're, they're rebooting Iron Man. And I thought it was worth a look. I thought it was interesting, you know. And it even says reboot at the bottom. You know, you can't get any more plain than that. And of course, as I'm up here, you know, um, looking at it, uh, I end up taking a couple pictures, sending them to, you know, Azusa. And I'm really blown away. I'm really blown away. And I'm blown away by the fact that, like, and I don't know if it's just me, but, you know... This whole concept of, like, you have your Eastern animations meeting your Western culture, it sounds like a great idea, and it's it's worked before in things like Robotech and, and um, I'd say to a limited extent, uh, Halo Legends and, and stuff like that. Um, but for this, it just seemed like a total ripoff. It did. Like... I, I was looking at the Iron Man, you know, setup, and it looked like he had a suit that basically had the ability to metamorphosis into other suits. And in addition to that, it's like the suits really didn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, um, like at the very end, I guess he decided to create a samurai suit, you know, where he had like two beam savers and then he had like a, you know, a samurai mask on in in conjunction with this Iron Man, you know, suit. And it just looked dumb as hell. It did. And I'm thinking to myself, is this, like, is this what reboots have come to? I mean, are you just, like, ripping off of animatistic, you know, uh, shall we say attributes in order to relaunch or reboot, you know, something that, quite frankly, has done fairly well uh, from a financial standpoint? with the Iron Man movies, the Avengers, so on and so forth. So, well, go right ahead, Ryan. To be, to be fair, Doug, um, I don't know how much, how well you're following comic books lately, but this is apparently a thing now, where they just keep rebooting the series over and over again. Like, all of Marvel and all of DC have done this reboot, universal reset, type deal idea where they're resetting everything back and then retelling the stories but starting them over from today and it's it's dumb I'm sorry I understand why they did it because they're trying to get kids to read comics again and there's no kid out there that's the age of 12 buying a comic book nowadays that is going to be able to go out and read 
the 1960s version of Spider-Man and understand it. Because that's not the world we live in anymore. And comic books as a whole don't even hold any kind of interest to young kids anymore. Normally you've got adults that are still reading them that read them growing up. But having said all that, you're 100% right. A lot of this reboot stuff has been really poorly done and is really, really, really stupid. Um, I think DC has actually done a reboot of its reboot because the first one went so bad. If that tells you anything, if they can't get Superman and uh, Batman right, I don't know what to say. Other than they should never reboot it to begin with because the stuff is fine the way it is. Yeah, I think that was, um, you know, one. I, I think it's one of the biggest problems, honestly, just with franchises in general, is everybody wants to take something that already pre-exists rather than make something new and they want to reboot it. And I believe to a certain degree, like at some point in time, you can do a reboot. Fine, sure, it's cool. But, like, you are correct. The The biggest problem that you have with comics are the fact that they were done at a different point in time when, basically, you didn't have social media, you didn't have video games in the way that you, uh, you do today, you basically didn't have digital devices where you can lock yourself into, you know, the corner of your room for hours on end and get all the entertainment of the day out of that, out of that device up until its battery dies off. So going up against that, comics do have, you know, hurdles that they have to overcome. But part of those hurdles, realistically, are not so much the stories. Um, so, like, for example, the 1960s Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I agree with you in the sense of you can't take that comic and give it to a kid of today. They're not going to get it. But you can take the same story. You can take the same, I want to say setting, take the same everything. And all you literally have to do is just update the animation. That's basically what you have to do. Um, I mean, like, one of the new, like, well, go, go right ahead. I don't know. I don't know about that because I've downloaded uh, on my tablet a while ago all of the Spider-Mans, Amazing Spider-Man, from the original episode one or issue one. All the way up to issue like 300 and something. And I was going through and I was reading them because it was, as a kid, that was something I never would have had the ability to do. And a lot of those stories, looking back at it and reading them, not to say they were bad stories, they're not, they're great stories, but there were so many things that they put into them. As a kid, I never would have gotten, and now, as an adult, I'm reading it and I'm understanding, that dealt with, uh, like, during the 70s, and then I'm reading those issues, Peter Parker's going to college, and there's a group of Black Panthers on the campus that are protesting, and he's not, you know, and him dealing with it, and trying to put that across to the reader of what's going on 
and keeping in mind that Peter Parker is a white kid who's going to college. So he doesn't understand what the black people of that point in time are understanding. You couldn't take those stories and put them in today's perspective because it, it doesn't translate. Well, I, there there are things that you would obviously have to adjust. I'm not saying that it's going to be literally word for word, verbatim, verbatim, um, just based on the fact that some stories are just bad stories. But if you were to sit up here and take, for example, the Black Panthers, all right, and you replace them with Black Lives Matter, all right, or... Yeah, but that's different. Skillfully, wait a minute here. If you skillfully... I don't even know if you could... No, because Black Lives Matter is a very peaceful group that's trying to point something out. The Black Panthers were a lot more militant. I see them, honestly, as one and the same, to tell you the truth. I do. I, well, Doug, you're black, so if you do, I guess that's the truth. I mean, I'm a white guy. I don't know what am I saying. But. I mean, they like Black Lives Matter. They sit up here, they riot, they destroy people's property. Um, and they, no, 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 no. That's Rodney King's Lives Matters. It's a different group, dude. I saw it with Black Lives Matter too. I've seen it with them all. They're dude. They are all bad. This is coming from the black man, straight from the black man. They are all bad. My biggest problem with them is they keep on getting behind these people who get shot that are proven guilty. That's the biggest problem I got with it. But that's another story in and of itself. Um, it, it, from a, root, a reboot perspective, <coughs> this is what I was going to say. In the most recent animes that I've watched, okay, in the most recent animes I've watched, all these animes are basically doing the same thing. They're all going back to this, like, I don't know why, okay, but it seems to be like this, like, I want to say, post-industrial age. I didn't hear you. Unmuted. Okay, I was going to say, I just heard some static on your end, so I just uh, paused the thing. Um, so what I was going to say is they're all going back to this post, uh, in like, like slightly post industrial age, like a world war one, uh, actually post in some cases, world war one before world war two, uh, setting. That's exactly what they're doing. And they're telling these stories that have been told throughout anime, okay, if you watch enough of it, you'll have already seen the story told, but they're telling it in a different, shall we say, just, or at a different caliber. Um, now, one of the reasons why I do like these stories a lot, and why I think they're really awesome stories, is because these time frames actually, although older time frames, are very... I would say accurate to the kind of story that they want to tell, but also to the point of this, where one of them, I forget what the show is called now. Um, but anyways, uh, the kid is obviously a Japanese character, right? He goes over to Europe. They point out the fact that he's Japanese. They point out the fact that he's got different color hair. They point out the fact he doesn't have blonde hair, or blue eyes. He's not Scandinavian. 
You know, they, they recognize like these facts for what they are in the form of the storytelling that they're trying to do. And when, when you talk about the re- the concept of a reboot, okay, I don't believe you should reboot just because you aren't good enough to sit up here and take a time frame from a previous point in history and tell the story from there. Like, for example, Captain America. Does Captain America really work as a reboot if you don't have the Nazis? No, it doesn't. Because then you don't have Hydra. And then you don't got a whole bunch of other things. It's just kind of stupid. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that part I agree with, but what they're doing is instead of him waking up in the 60s or 70s, whenever he woke up, he's waking up today. It's just like the Marvel movies. And that's what they're doing. They're taking all of these classic characters that we already know and they're looking at what the movies did and how popular they are and going, we need to do that and just make it a comic. And sometimes it's working okay. And other times it's going so far off the rail, you got your Iron Man comic that you were talking about or the DC universe where they reboot everything and they do everything over and then they go, oh shit. We're stuck at Batman versus Superman. This is horrible. We gotta do something else. And then they reboot it again because they're fucking up. They should just not mess with the crap. Is what I'm. Saying. Yeah, I agree. They should leave it alone. I mean, if you want to put a brand new animated face on it, do that. Keep the story the same. Call it a day. You know, make it a collectible, a collectible thing. And and, and that's it. And, and understand that you can't necessarily drive a franchise forever. You can't. I mean, at some point, every franchise ends. You have a beginning and you have an ending. That's how things work in life. Um, but yeah, like what they've done. Me and, uh, oh, go right ahead. Me and my wife were talking about something like this earlier today. We were talking about the Aliens franchise. Oh, God. Nope. Follow me here. Aliens has had a lot of missteps over the years. We all know this. Aliens 4, Aliens vs. Predator, Aliens vs. Predator 2, Alien 3, which is arguable. I kind of like 3, but I understand where it went bad. What is the one thing, though, you can point at and look at and go, they haven't fucked up because they haven't done this yet. (coughs) They have not tried to redo the original Alien or Aliens. They've even gone so far as to, even on their reboot with Prometheus or the recent Alien Covenant movie, they may be prequels, but they are not rebooting the original Alien movie because they know that if they try to redo that movie, their loyal fan base that they've already got out there, that's when you're going to lose them because everybody knows that Sigourney Weaver is Ripley. Everybody knows who Hudson is. Everybody knows who Bishop is. They see these characters. They know them as what they are. 
and you're not going to make it any better because what you've got is already perfect in what it needs to be. And rebooting it is not going to help. If anything, it would hurt. That's where some of these reboots have to understand. Um, look at Spider-Man, if you want. Spider-Man, when it first came out, the first Spider-Man movie, it was great. People loved it. Second one, eh, it was okay. Third one was horrible. So they rebooted it. And the reboot, the first one was also pretty good. But the second one, they went so far off the rails, it was ridiculous. They started doing exactly what they did in that Iron Man comic you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they're not making a third one of that series. Because they recognized they fucked up. So what did they do? They looked at what they had going on in the Marvel Universe that worked with the Avengers and went, that's where we need to grasp onto. We need to pull that into the new Spider-Man Homecoming movie that's coming out this year. You might as well call it another Avengers movie because it's going to be. You already know that Iron Man's going to be in it all over the place. They're taking a popular character from a popular movie series that they know is already going to fit, and they're running with it. They try to do something like that to Aliens, it's not going to work. But they recognize that, and that's why he hasn't done it yet. Real quick, um, I, I agree with that. And uh, you, with Spider-Man, Spider-Man was so dismal that literally... Disney and Sony had to come together to make it work, which Sony didn't want to do that. Like, cause I believe Sony owns Spider-Man, um, or they had the rights to Spider-Man, but they did not want to do it with Disney. They didn't want to do that, but they did not have a choice. They messed that thing up so badly. And you're right. They just started doing dumb stuff with, uh, Spider-Man. That, um, you know, someone should have just sat down, looked at it and said, look, we can't do it like this, you know, and, and that's exactly why you see Spider-Man now going over to the Avengers in order to save itself as an actual franchise, which is well, what happened there, Doug, was, uh, the black man fucked it up. Jamie Foxx said he wanted a bigger role. So they let him do all this kind of like crazy teleportation shit when, his character as uh, Electro's, uh, he never had those abilities. But it was Jamie Foxx, so they go, oh, his name will save us. See what happens when we try to let the black man save You know, I, I'm going to tell you right now, if black people want to be in comics, they need to go get their own damn comic. That's what they need to do. Like, seriously, it, it, it just... It just, it always messes up. It always messes up. Like, for example, Iron Man. Iron Man was supposed to be a great thing. It turned out to be mediocre at best. And that's due to the fact that they screwed it up with the black man. They started off with some light-skinned dude, then decided to go to some darkie, and it totally fucked the whole thing up. Like, you can't even take War Machine seriously. And then what happens is, of course, Captain America, they say, let's get another black sidekick. So they get like that, what is, 
Raven or Falcon or whatever the fuck he's supposed to be. I don't even know. Some nigga with wings just flying around and shit. Looks stupid as hell. Listen, Doug, it's simple. Tom Cruise had it right in Collateral. If you're going to have a black man be your sidekick and drive you around, you set him up to be the the killer at the end. Yeah, you should. I mean, like, seriously. That's how you do it. Look, I am not denying the fact, and, and this is where I have a problem with with how they try to do a lot of these things. To begin with, in, in all fairness, War Machine is a black character. Okay, as a traditional, um, as most people would, would know him. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with black characters. I don't have a problem with black supporting characters. What I do have a problem with, though, is you look at Falcon, black man, animal, Look at Black Panther, Black Man, Animal. Yes, the Black Panther is a black character. Okay, not denying that. But, and here's where the butt comes in, totally unnecessary. Like, literally, the Avengers, they don't need Black Panther. Black Panther doesn't matter. He don't mean shit. You know, and, and the idea of some, like, you know, you're going to go to some far fucking African land and they're going to be more technologically savvy than the United States and all this other bullshit, you know, and, and I can go down the line of how they try to force, and that's the whole thing. They try to force the relevancy of Negroism in the world. It just, no white person buys this shit. Nobody does, you know, and that's the whole thing about a reboot, you know, to the point of how they do them. You're going to sit up here and try to make everything modern day so you can believe this shit? Fine, go ahead and do that, if that's what you want to do. With that being said, there's nowhere... First off, yeah, there is nowhere on Earth, and there's no way on Earth I'm going to believe that some black nation is greater than the U.S. of A. I'm not going to buy that shit. They're not going to be greater than Russia. I'm not going to buy that shit. They're not going to be greater than China. I'm not going to buy that shit either. You know, so my, my point to what I'm saying here is when you start talking about reboots and stuff like that, they, they mess them up on many, many different levels. And part of it is just you get into this whole, you've got a hundred million people you want to satisfy. You try to hit every single demographic, give them their, their gist, if you will. And you do it to a, P's, you know, I guess the future incoming lawsuits you're going to get because you weren't culturally sensitive in this way, that, or the other, you know, and that's why you're stuck with the shitty ass Wonder Woman movie that's going to be coming out. Okay. That's why you're going to be stuck. No, 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 no. See, I already saw that in this movie. Wonder Woman was not a bad movie. It was actually pretty good. I was surprised after the fiasco that was Batman versus Superman. Yeah, but no, no. Wonder Woman might have saved that entire series right there. What was that? Wonder Woman might have just saved that entire series because if the Wonder Woman movie failed horribly, Ben Affleck wasn't going to be Batman very much longer. They weren't going to even continue that line. The Justice League movie series would not have happened. But this Wonder Woman movie, dude, it was actually really good for a superhero movie. I got to put that on there. 
what my my point to it is this, okay? And allow me to elaborate on this. The movie was supposed to be Batman versus Superman. Not Batman versus Superman and Wonder Woman. But they threw Wonder Woman in there for just the sake of the demographic. That's what they did. That's why Batman and Superman sucked as a movie so badly. No. Let's see, this is where I disagree. Wonder Woman, if you would have pulled Wonder Woman out of that movie, it still would have been a sucky movie. The problem with Batman versus Superman, and understand, I liked Batman versus Superman. I liked our superhero movies. I understood what he was trying to do with the movie, and I can see where he failed at it. But the major problem was the entire idea of how Batman and Superman were going to go against each other. This this idea that Lex Luthor tricked Superman into not having a choice but to beat up on Batman, and the idea that Batman at this point was going to have enough technology behind him to be able to stand up and fight Superman in a one-on-one fist fight where Lex Luthor never was able to pull it off. And Luthor owned the uh, kryptonite at that point. There was, there was too many plot holes. And then at the very end, even though they're supposed to be fighting each other and trying to kill each other, it was Martha that caused Batman to suddenly go, why did you say that name? And everything in the movie was based on such a tenuous thread. Whether Wonder Woman was there or not, none of that would have changed. It still would have been the horrible movie that it was. I didn't... If anything, like I said, Wonder Woman was the only part that made the movie actually watchable. And not because it was some hot chick playing Wonder Woman, it was because her character was literally a badass. When it comes to that movie... I believe you eliminate Wonder Woman, you eliminate uh, Lex Luthor, in terms of its, in terms of uh, Eisenberg's, you know, um, significant role. I'll put it like that. You eliminate those things, and then you concentrate on the story of Batman versus Superman because it's been. De- <laughs> Did you ever see the animation of Batman versus Superman? No. Okay. And that's kind of the, well, that's kind of what I'm saying. You, you eliminate Lex Luthor, forcing him to fight at the very end. And you eliminate Doomsday, because that shit was not necessary whatsoever. Batman and Superman in the extended version, if you ever watched the extended version of the movie, they were heading towards a fight on their own. Luther did not have to do any of the shit he did. Which made him doing it even more ridiculous. Because there was no point to it. All the crap he was doing in the entire movie was ridiculous. It was stupid. And him being the person that brought about Doomsday, that kills Superman at the end of the movie, was even worse because Batman was worthless in that entire fight. 
all he did was kind of like, you know, wave his arms and say, hey, look at me. Oh, I got the guy's attention for a couple of minutes. That was my problem. You know, that's why the movie sucked. Because there were too many things that just were not necessary to tell the exact same story. So, they actually did a Batman versus Superman, this is DC I'm talking here, animation. Where Batman does actually go up against Superman, it's actually a full-fledged story, it's actually a great story. Batman beats Superman in the end, but he beats him for all the right reasons, which it comes down to the kryptonite. That's what it comes down to. Batman spends a fortune, he's got, I want to say, some refined kryptonite, uses it in the battle at some point, and then he's able to kick Superman's ass. But he's only able to kick his ass to the point where he can just say, listen, you know, before I leave this world, you're going to know that I was able to beat you. That's basically what it comes down to. I don't know if Batman could actually even kill Superman, (coughs) per se, as much as I would simply point out that when you eliminate Wonder Woman, when you eliminate Lex Luthor, okay, because Lex Luthor, again, Eisenberg, Jew, different demographic right there. Not trying to be anti-Semitic, but it's true. All right. It's the same thing as they would have sat up here and thrown in Cyborg and said, ah, oh, here, we have black people here. It's a checklist. That's what it is. That's what but kills these they did do that. You can totally reflush out the movie if you get rid of your demographic checklist. It's two white guys. That's just what it comes down to. Two white guys. One's rich. One not so rich, but is the most powerful being in the DC universe or whatever shit, you know, and, and, and that's what it is. They're going to throw down. Right, but that's my point. In the extended version, they show more about it where they were going to fight no matter what because Superman really felt Batman, his time was over. He was no longer needed and he needed to stop. And Batman felt that Superman needed to be brought down a peg or two of his own. They were going to fight. It was going to happen. Kidnapping Martha and doing that entire thing was just, that was what caused it to fail horribly. I mean, on top of other things, there were problems with the movie besides that. But the Wonder Woman movie, I really think, is going to help give the Justice League movie that's coming out next a chance to to actually, you know, be successful or not. I don't see how the Justice League movie becomes successful. I think when it comes down to Wonder Woman... I said it's it's getting a chance. That's what I said. I, I didn't say it was going to be. I said it's getting a chance. I don't see how on earth you make Wonder Woman good. I don't. Like, when it comes down to what other superheroes have in terms of their potential versus what Wonder Woman is, the only reason why Wonder Woman fares as good as it does is because in some way, shape, or form, it actually does try to stay true to its original content. Or, I want to say, one of its previous reboots. Let me put it like that. I'll do it like that. Think of it as, don't, don't think of it as original content, because if you look at like early 60s and 70s Wonder Woman, uh, the ship 
the com- person that was writing the comics and stuff, dude, it was it was a man writing a woman into a story exactly like you expect. It was retardedly stupid for what Wonder, Wo- Wonder Woman turned out to be. Once you watch the Wonder Woman movie, because I'm sure you'll see it at some point, I and then you look so. back at the Batman versus Superman movie, you understand why Wonder Woman was honestly the only one in that fight against uh, whatever the hell that monster's name was. What I call it? Uh, Doomsday. Doomsday. Yeah, Wonder Woman was the only one in that fight that actually stood a chance. And following what Wonder Woman is and who she is, it makes perfect sense. I'm going to take you up on that offer, Ryan. I'm going to take you up on that offer. That's Just saying. I was, I was impressed. I thought the movie was going to suck. I wouldn't have expected it was going to suck. And it did not suck total ass. I mean, it was definitely better than uh, Spider-Man 2 or I'm going to go with... I would say it was better than... The third Dark Knight movie. Well, that, I, I honestly, I don't know if I say anything. <laughs> no, because the Dark Knight series sucks. It's terrible. I don't care what anyone says. The first one was good. It was the first cool. one was good. The other two were. It was okay. I'd go with okay. I don't know if I'd go with. I I, I don't know. I just I. I don't think Christian Bale even made a good Batman. I don't. I, I don't know what the hell he was doing with his voice. <laughs> and on top of that... Well, see, it before every scene that he played Batman, before every scene that he played Batman, he had Adam West come out, and he sucked his dick. And then he got that, you know, semen gurgling down there in his throat. And that's how he did the voice. I have to imagine that's what he did, because just I'm like, dude, what are you fucking doing? Like... I when I went to see Dark Knight, uh, like the last one um, in the trilogy, uh, when I went to go see that, I was like, "How do these people even take this guy seriously when he's talking like that?" Like I couldn't even understand the audience. Like I'm just like falling over and dying of laughter. Like I couldn't hold it in. Like are you people fucking kidding me here? Um, and. That's another thing, which is coming off of the Dark Knight and its success, you know, it's one of those things where you look at it and you say, Batman versus Superman, it would have made way more sense if they would have worked off of that angle than, you know, trying to do the shit they tried to do in the way they tried to do it. It just, for me, I just... I look at it kind of like how I look at the Avenger movies, where it's like you throw in a bunch of stuff that realistically doesn't matter, and what happens is you get these subplots or these, you know, sub-stories that end up eroding away at the main story, and then what happens is eventually it all comes to a head. Like, you may be able to, for the sake of the conversation, outlast it for a certain period of time. So, for example, you take the Captain America movies, you know... The, the first one, 
I think it was fairly decent for, for what it was. I mean, it's Captain America, for the love of God. That was just amazing to pull off in and of itself. The second one, I thought, was quite frankly just downright ferocious. I thought it was just a bad movie. Um, it, it's clear they really didn't know where the hell they were going with that. And then when you get to the third one, the third one tries to hit every single checklist. It tries to be an adventure movie. In reality, it's just, it's, it's not. Wait a minute, there was a, there was a third Captain America movie? I thought there was only two. No, there were three. Yeah. No, you got the first Avenger, then you've got Winter Soldier. And then you've got uh, Civil War. Uh, oh shit! That is a Captain America movie. That's not Avengers. Yeah, that's right. And and that's my whole point. <laughs> that might as well be an Avenger movie. You, you, but but that's my whole point. Like when you get into these sub stories, this is my whole point to what I'm telling you. You get into these sub stories, they you get so lost into shit that you you screw up the main story, which they clearly did. And the thing about Captain America is it's a very simple thing. Iron Man is not going to be down with Captain America's best friend because Bucky killed Iron Man's parents. It is totally understandable. Captain America doesn't even fucking make sense of the damn movie. He's up here trying to say, don't be mad that he killed your parents. Okay, listen, we all make mistakes. He wasn't in his right state of mind. No, he's not going to pay for his crimes. Let's forget about the fact that he killed a hundred other people too. Let's not worry about that. You know, it, it's just the movie itself is dumb as hell when you start thinking about it. And, and it's, it's merely the premise, shall I say, to having a Avenger on Avengers battle because realistically they can't think of anything else to do with Captain America because they got him into all these dumbass subplots with like Falcon and shit like that. Right, well, to be fair, even the end of that movie where Captain America is fist fighting Iron Man, there there's no reason why Captain America should even be able to win that kind of a fight. I know. Thank and, you. And doing it the way they did it was only because of character shield. If it was Iron Man Civil War, you know for a fact Iron Man would have won that fight, but nope, it was Captain America, so he had to win. Yeah, thank you, thank you, finally. I've been trying to tell people this. There's no way Captain America could kick Iron Man's ass at that point. He couldn't do it. (coughs) Iron Man's suit is too strong at that point. And they did try to give Captain America every advantage. I mean, they stuck him in a very cramped space so that Iron Man could just fly away and shoot him. They put him too close... So that, again, Iron Man couldn't just shoot him. He had to fight him in hand-to-hand. But either way, Iron Man's suit is not made out of iron. It's also not made out of tin. It is made from, from some very tough, you know, materials here. You can't punch your way through it. That's right. That's, that's, that... It's true. It's 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 the truth. It's in the same way that the one black guy 
in the Iron Man suit is fighting the other black guy with some imaginary wings. And what are we going to do? Cripple the guy in the Iron Man suit. That's what we're going to do. So now we got him out of the story. We got him out of the story. And then the black man... Yeah, well, that, that just, part didn't make any sense either because we all know War Machine is just Iron Man 2.0. Yeah. And, 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 and like, the way... Oh, go right ahead. Well, to be fair, the black guy with wings did not beat the black guy in the Iron Man suit. They had to use Vision using an Infinity Stone to do it. So, if you look at it from that point of view, the only way they were taking out War Machine was with a homicidal robot designed by a homicidal robot using an Infinity Gem to do it. That's kind of a compliment to you black people out there, I think. So, now this takes it over to the white man's side. If it takes an Infinity Stone to take down the token to Iron Man, then how is Captain America going to sit up here and do it on his own? No, listen, Tony Stark got his ass whooped by a white guy that simply was pretending to be the bad guy, remember? In Iron Man 3, the Mandarin? Yeah, that's right. That, that's true. So, so yeah, let's, let's be honest here. I mean, Tony doesn't have the greatest track record. So if you want to go from that point of view, maybe Captain America could do it. But either way, you, you saw what they had to do to get rid of Iron They're like, no, we got to get War Machine out of this equation first. That, okay. then, then they can have them fight. But if War Machine is in this, it doesn't matter. War Machine's winning. And, the, and you know, that's... that's and that's my biggest problem with how they do all this stuff. It's like you you made a story, and if you watch the extended version or the I want to say uncut scenes of uh, Iron Man, the original movie, you understand it was supposed to be an entirely different movie than what it ended up being. And then you you definitely understand that War Machine was going to be a much bigger factor as time went on throughout the series. You know that, that's as plain as day. The problem is... Oh, it was. War Machine originally took over for Iron Man when Tony couldn't do the job anymore. Yeah, that's right. And even in that Spider-Man episode... And the guy... Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the guy was pretending to be uh, Iron Man so that people thought Iron Man still existed. And then when Tony came back, he's like, yeah, well, you know, just to be fair, Tony, I've been doing your job for the last couple of years, and um, I'm keeping the suit. That's how the original War Machine came about. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where you had a great thing, you know, with the token that you had, you broke it. Then you try to sit up here and say, well, well, Captain America can have his own token too. And like Falcon, I don't even know what to say about that. I'm just looking at that like, what are you, why, why, who the hell says they want to have that ability? All the highly sophisticated weapons, huh? Remember, he got beat by Ant-Man. Yeah. Yes. And that, that, that was very evident. Um, but yeah, all, all those highly sophisticated weapons, all the things that you can have at your disposal, and you're like, yeah, I want to have a pair of wings. You know, it's like, dude, if you're not... Yeah, gonna well, play- I'm just saying, uh, 
you, you get beat by Paul Rudd, you, you don't have any legs to stand on. Yeah, yeah that's right. Unless you're going to get a buster rifle with those pair of wings, don't waste your time with them. That's what I'm going to say right there to that. You know, if there ain't no wing zero buster rifle, don't waste your time with having some fucking angel wings. Total waste of time. But, um, no, like I said, going back to originally, it's just the sub stories, the sub stories, trying to create more sub stories to basically check off the demographics of, of different, you know, ethnicities and stuff like that. And then turning around and saying, ah, we did this. We did this. We got it done. And then it just, you know, does what you, what you already said. Captain American civil or Captain America civil war. You didn't even know it was a Captain America movie. And you're not the only one. Well, I forgot about it, and that's kind of, I guess, the point you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's crude in some senses, um, but it, it just, it fucks up in others. So, yeah, we can, I, th- I think, yeah, that, that covered it there. I think it did. Well, let's go on to the last uh, topic then real quick. Because okay. I really do think I want to point this out before heading to bed. The uh, since we're talking about Wonder Woman and everything, the thing going on down in Texas right now. I told you about this uh, earlier, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, as the white guy in this little group of ours, I have to take responsibility from this, not only because I'm white, but because I'm from New York. Apparently down in Texas, there's a movie theater series company called Alamo Drafthouse Cinema, and they plan to host two Wonder Woman screenings next week for women only or those who identify as such, meaning no sausages allowed, basically. And what happened, of course, feminists are celebrating it, and they love the idea, and men are furious with this idea. Well, some men are. I don't care, personally. I think if that's what they want to do, that's fine. I mean... How is it any different than if I went to a movie theater and said I wanted to rent out this theater for my kid's birthday party? And I spent all this money and I set this whole thing up and then turn around and find out that the movie theater starts selling tickets to for anyone else to go in there. So it's like, no, I rented the theater for us, not for anyone else that wants to see it. But here's the issue. Apparently in Texas, there's a law, and this law says that the Austin City Code bans a public accommodation, which specifically includes a movie theater, from limiting its services or goods on the basis of race, color, sex, sexual orientation, gender identification, or other factors. Which means this theater cannot stop a man from coming into the theater simply because they're only showing it for women only. It's an equal rights issue. And some 
Albany Law School professor has filed a lawsuit against them for doing it simply because the theater's posts about it rubbed him the wrong way, I guess, or pissed him off. To be fair, the draft house's responses online haven't been very kosher. They've been pretty uh, dickish. For instance, one customer asked if a theater had ever hosted a mentally showing of a film and the theater responded, we did show the Entourage movie a few years ago. That's not an answer, and that's being ridiculous. I mean, I never saw the Entourage movie. I don't know if Doug did. No. God, I hope. I was going to say, I hope he didn't. But the point is, I don't know why that would be a men-only thing to go see. Either way, they pissed this professor off, and now he's suing them over it because it's against the law. I do have a couple things to say on this. One, get over it. It's not that big a deal. If you want to make it a big deal, I think you have issues. Two, if me and my wife were going to the movies and I found out when we got there that I was not allowed in because that specific day and time was women's only, then I'd have a serious issue. And my issue would be I'm never coming to the theater again because that's bullshit. It's all about how you look at it and what the issue is. The point of them making it women's only I, that I don't get. Having seen the movie, I don't see that movie being something that's uplifting to women. It's not. If anything, uh, watching the movie, if I was Wonder Woman, I would have started punching people long before I got to the Germans' front line. Because the way they treated women back then, and during World War One time period, it's not how we treat women, obviously, today. There was a number of inequalities that were going on back then. I mean, women didn't even have the right to vote back then. Let alone be on the front line of battles or do anything important other than be a secretary, according to the movie. The point is, I guess I don't understand the point of everything. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand why the draft house feels they need to make this other than they're just getting publicity, I guess, from all this. You can uh, say whatever you want to say about that. And this is why Richard Simmons is getting a sex change, folks. Straight from his press secretary. Now, now Dr. Richard Simmons is not getting a sex change to go see this goddamn movie. <laughs> Richard Simmons is going to wait and get it off Redbox. That's probably what it's going to do. Okay, all right, so for me to be serious about this, uh, and I guess this is technically right on my alley uh, politically, uh, this is how I say this. Uh, the first thing is this. I want to go backwards here for a second. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't 
think that there was anything wrong for how women were viewed back in 1914 in regards to a military aspect not to be sent to the front lines. I'm going to be honest about that. Uh, And here's the reason why. Same thing. No, 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 no. It was was more than that. When you watch the movie, there comes a point where every single person in the Allied military pretty much dismisses the Wonder Woman character because she's a woman. Well, of course. Like, I don't even know why you're. T- I don't even know why you're in this room, woman. You, you're a woman. So leave the warring to the men. Yeah. And being right, but you're Wonder Woman at this point. You're the strongest person in the room. You could probably kill every single person in under three seconds, and they're treating you like this, considering you're coming from a life where you just left an island where it's only women. You don't. You've never dealt with men, and don't have that. Th- you know that mentality of. Men and women are not equal when you think, obviously, we're all equal. We're supposed to be fighting the bad guys. What is your problem? That is when I said that, you know, I would have flipped shit at that point and said, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm going to help the Germans at this point because you're all going to get your asses whooped if you don't start listening to me. So, what? I look, I understand why she'd sit up here and want to kick everyone's ass or what you'd want to, okay, in the female form. But what I'm going to sit up here and say is this. Sending millions of men off to war and millions of men getting killed in no way, shape, or form impacts generationally a population in the way that if you were to send millions of women off to war and if they were to get killed off, they're two totally different things because of how the procreation system works. It's it's a fact, okay? It is a total fact. People can sit up here and want to talk their shit about equality all they want to. But when you get down in those trenches and someone's shooting at you, or when you start looking at the death tolls, okay, I'll put it like that. You start looking at those death tolls, you would much rather see men on that roster than women on that roster. Just imagine what it would do generationally to Europe, what it would have done to the United States, what it would have done to the world if women would have went off to war in the way that men did. That's all that I'm saying there. Okay? That's all that I'm saying. Number one. Number two, uh, the way women are treated um, from what you're talking about, that's actually a white thing. That's not a black thing. Uh, There there is nowhere in in black slavery-based history where women are treated lesser than men. Um, It doesn't work like that. Okay? So... That's something that, you know, I, I guess I'm going to sit up here and just say that's uh, some, you know, uh, white, you know, female reparation things that you guys got to work out on that end. That's all I can say there. Um, yeah, well, Doug, remember, we're still talking 1914, so um, you couldn't vote either. Nah, no, I couldn't vote. You're correct about that. You are correct about And they would have sent my ass off to war. However... So. We we can send your ass out to war. So, I mean, I don't know if that puts you in a worse position than the woman or not. Your ass is going out there, but you can't vote. <clears throat> you don't have a say in it. But yeah, you're not a slave. You're just uh, cannon fodder. And, and, and you're correct about that. You know, you're correct about that. Um, and, and that is a good point that you brought up. 
so when I say what I sit up here and say, all right, this is not me being male chauvinistic or anything like that. Understanding that I can get out, I can go out there, get shot to shit, come back home, be a hero and still can't vote. All right. I'm still telling you, I would not send women out there. Okay. Um, it, it just, just from that perspective there. Uh, now it does look great in anime. Don't get me wrong. Talking anime, it's a different story, but in real world conflicts, no. Okay. So to the point of, um, I, uh, I, I want to say about the actual uh, showing of the theater, because that's mainly what we're talking about here, okay? Uh, here, here's right. what I'm going to sit up here and say. It, it's penal sub, subjugate, uh, penal subjugation. That's what it is. If you got a dick, you can't go in there. All right? Now, why are they doing this? A, they're doing it to get publicity. All right? Like, the person who's filing the lawsuit against them should see this a mile away. Okay. Yeah, but he's from New York like me, so, you know, not very bright sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you should be seeing this all the way. This is, this is about publicity. All right, number one. Number two, it's, it comes down to this. If you're a guy and if you want to go, go. Do it. Like, for example, last week I was up in Columbus. Um, I had to use the bathroom. Men's bathroom was used. I went to the women's restroom. That's what I did. And when I walked out, there was a woman there, and then there was an officer trying to go into the men's bathroom. They both looked at me, and I said, sorry, it's an emer- it was an emergency, and then I walked out. Like, seriously, if you're a dude, you want to go, go. That's what it is. Now, if they deny you, all right, as a private business, they have the right to do so. At the same time... You got the right to sue the fuck out of him. Okay? It's that simple. This is how laws work. Alright? So, like I said, penal sub- subjugation. Um, obviously, they're doing all women because it's Wonder Woman. I think we can understand that. Do I care, honestly? No, I think Wonder Woman sucks, honestly. I always have. Unless they're going to show her Invisible Jet. Because I want to see how that thing actually works. Like, you know, is she invisible in the invisible jet? If she has a, you know, mug of coffee, is it invisible in the invisible jet? They did not. There's no invisible jet in the movie. Ah, fuck that shit, dude. I can't do it, Ryan. Can't do it. Oh, that just, it died right there. The movie, the movie takes the best ideas of what Wonder Woman originally was and uses it. And it takes the otter things that they've had Wonder Woman do over the years, like have an invisible jet, and they say, no, we're going to pretend that didn't even happen. But it did, and I know it did, because I've seen it did the not. Justice League. I've seen the Justice League. She'll probably get it with the Justice League. It's, uh, yeah, I was going to say, picture it didn't happen, Doug. Show me a picture of this invisible jet. It's invisible, Ryan. That's the whole point. Oh, God. (laughs) Sorry. Sucks to be you. So, we'll see. Well, hopefully, you know, they can sit up here and just keep her in the invisible jet during the entire movie, and then I don't don't have to worry about seeing her. So, um, no, seriously, though, it comes down to this. If you're talking about it from a discrimination standpoint, okay, Yes, it's totally discriminatory. Yes, you can sit up here and sue them for it. 
Yes, it's going to give them more publicity. In the long run, yes, it's against the law. It, it, no, no, it, no is. it is against the law. That's why you're gonna you're gonna sue the fuck out of them. No, it is. It is against the law. I, I know. No, oh, trust me, I okay. totally know, and I don't have a problem with it. Like, like I don't have a problem with the fact that. See, that's that is where my problem comes in because yes, technically it's against the law, but so speeding and people do it all the fucking time. Well, here, too bad. And, and they only get pissed off when the cop catches them. You're right about that. And, but my, my thing is, I'm an absolute, absolutist in this, okay? It comes down to, you knew it was wrong, you did it, you were the one who got caught, guess what? You're gonna be the one to face the consequences. It's just like when I walked out that bathroom, and I saw that officer, and he looked at me. I could have went to jail. He didn't take me to jail. It had been a lot of paperwork on his end. And seriously, what's going to come of it? I might send it, spend a day or two in jail, you know, and then get released. Like that, that's what would have happened. Um, wow, you would have spent, you would have spent two days in jail, dude? Probably about two, maybe three. It depends on what they hit me on, you know. Um, my question is why wouldn't you just, you know, have your woman come get you? I mean, or is she in the men's bathroom? Is that why the officer can't get in there? No, that's she used her bathroom. Yeah, the, so the woman was actually knocking on the bathroom door. The officer was waiting for the men's bathroom. I had to sit up here and use the bathroom. I'm not even joking around. I was like, forget this stuff. I'm not even doing this. So there was a woman knocking on the door, waiting out there, for, or waiting on me uh, to come out, you know. Um, and I was like, okay, all right, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But I'm not going to sit up here and hold this shit in anymore. I've done enough of that. You know, so um, it's one of those things where you just have to sit up here and face the consequences for what they are. And had I gone to jail, I would have, you know, got hit with a $250 fine. And then I could be asked myself later, was taking, you know, a crap in that toilet worth $250. Okay, that's what I could have been asked. Now, the funny thing about it was, it was Tim Hortons. I was going to eat at Tim Hortons up until I saw the police officer. And when he when he basically just, like, you know, allowed me to go on by, I decided just to straight up leave. Because I didn't think it made a lot of sense to sit down and start eating food and try my luck any more than what it was. But, um, uh, I was going to eat there, but I decided not to. It didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but it's it's my same point to what to what these people are doing. If they want to do something like this, there are consequences that are there. The problem with equality is this. This goes back to what I set up here and said. Everybody has a checklist. And what happens is when you hit that checklist, when you go start to check things off, what you start to do is you start to segregate rather than desegregate. That's what you always do. And people don't understand this. You know, so when you sit up here and say, it's a girl's night out, you know, like if my woman comes to me and tells me it's a girl's night out, I look at her and say, what the fuck you talking about? If I want to go out with you, with your friends, I'm going to, or you don't need those friends because there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to go out with you if I want to go out with you. Now, truth be told, I, I don't want to go out with you when you go out with your friends, but I'll go out with you for the simple fact that you told me it was a girl's night out. So if you try to tell me that I can't do something that I am well within my right to be able to do, then we got a problem there, you know, and, and I kind of see like this as the same kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying I would go and watch the movie. Honestly, I could give two shits less. 
But like, for example, if my daughter wanted to go see the movie and I'm going to take her to go see the movie, then what, how am I not going to be able to go in there with her to watch the movie when she wants to go see that movie? Doesn't make any sense. Right. That's, that was pretty much my point of view. No, 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 your point is totally valid. Yeah, I mean, I really don't care. I don't give a shit. Except for those people that are merely going to the movies and then they get stopped at the door and said, no, you can't come in. That's not cool. I mean, and the movie theater apparently is going to the point where they're only going to have women working that night, too, at the concession stands and everything. It's, it's obviously a PR stunt that's getting way out of proportion, but it does lead to some very honest questions that us as a society have to ask ourselves. If equality means equality, then how come it doesn't mean equality for all, even when you're talking about the, I don't want to say protected, but the typically more, yeah, more protected side, the white men. It's well, as simple as that. I mean, so, just because I'm a man doesn't mean I can't go in. So here's this. This is how I see it. If you're talking about like uh, how this works, I think honestly, white men are shitted on more than anybody else on the planet. I, I honestly do. Okay. Now you can sit up here and say it's because of colonialism. You can sit up here and say it's because they control the world or whatever bullshit reason you want to give it. But the fact is, it's proportionally unfair. Okay. Now here's the thing: equality in the way that we look at it today is a very new concept. It's a very new concept. Okay. The idea that you can have all classes of people, all different makes and what have you not. It's a very, very, very new concept. And what happens is it's riding off the back of the most recently, I shall say successful demographic, which is by far the white man. That's what it is. Okay. The truth is you can't have equality without the white man. You can't. Because people in power have to be willing to give up power in order for equality to exist. That's how it works. But doing this kind of shit doesn't do anything for you. All right? It it doesn't. This is the kind of shit that I look at and say to myself, you know what? And this is why it has taken women so long to get where they're at today. Because the fact is this. If they would have had the power that men had, they would have abused it in the exact same ways, but in ways that they preferred. It's no different. And this shit here proves it. When you sit up here and make a movie, okay, and understand, I'm quite sure, and call it a hunch here, I could be wrong. There are more male Wonder Woman fans than there are female Wonder Woman fans. I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. Definitely. Okay. I'm just, I could be wrong though. All right. And if I'm wrong, someone said, if you're, and email no, let me know. if you're wrong, you're white. Okay. That's right. If, if, if I'm wrong, I'm white and I'm not just white, but I'm a white billionaire. So when, when we sit up here and, and talk about 
you know, just on the face of what this is, it's not so much that you're discriminating against just men in general, but you're honestly cutting off economically the greatest revenues for the franchise that you can possibly get. That's what you're doing. It it just doesn't make any... There's no economic sense in this. It's not like it, it. It's a thing where. Well, hold on. There, there was something else I read, <coughs> where somebody had made the comment, "What does that say about us as a society that women feel they need to do this to be able to go and see a movie and not be bothered by men?" Which my point to that was simple. Typically, a movie is where a man and a woman, or two women or two men or whatever, a couple, go on a date to see a movie. It's not like you're talking about a woman's only bar. Or a woman's night restaurant or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're talking about a movie theater where you're watching a movie and you're not interacting with anybody else in the theater at all. So the entire premise of this entire idea that women want this because they're looking for a way to escape dealing with the opposite sex is flat on its face wrong because it doesn't matter what's going on. If I'm in a movie theater and there's a random woman, let's say, sitting someplace else in the theater that's getting bothered by some guy, it would not take her long to make a, a fuss that's going to piss everybody off in the theater, and they would turn right on that guy and just, you know, jump down his throat over it. Like, dude, leave the chick alone. We're trying to watch a movie. Shut the fuck up. Get out. Well, but here's my thing. If, if women believe that they are equal to men... And if they don't, if they believe in true equality and if they don't see sex or, or I want to say ethnicity, then why would it bother them that the person next to them has a penis? Like if you're looking at them for the content of their character, I guess as the other guy put it, um, or whatever bullshit they want to sit up here and say, in other words, you're not looking at them in their physical state, but beyond their physical state, um, then why would it matter in the first place if it's a man there or a woman there? Or what happens if it's a man who just hasn't made that that transition into womanhood yet? You know, but they feel that they're a woman. You know, you, you, I mean, you could turn this any which way you really want to. But my whole thing is, honestly, if if you have a problem with the fact that I have a penis and I'm sitting next to you watching a movie and I haven't said a damn word to you, you can just go fuck off, okay? That that's what I'm gonna say. Just just in general, um, that that's exactly what's gonna come out of my mouth. Uh, as far as you know, the whole concept of this, you know, opposite sexes and the shall we say uh, mingling of them and stuff like that. It's to tell you the truth. <clears throat> to that point. The Wonder Woman movie would have nothing to actually do with that. Because anybody who knows anything about dating knows it's right before you go to the actual movie itself. And right as you get out of the movie. Like right after you get out. 
that's where the mingling takes place. You know, so in the end, let's say that you have women that watch it on Tuesday, men that watch it on Wednesday. On Thursday, you're going to have the mingling between men and women anyways. It's just postponed. You know, I mean, like, that that's just the reality of it. It's just postponed. Like, you're only postponing the inevitable. And the last thing I got to point out is this. If you're not willing to show it to me there, I can always go somewhere else and watch the movie. I mean, this is where you simply just boycott them. That's what you do. You know? So what men have to look at is this. Let the, Like, honestly, for me, I wouldn't do a lawsuit. I wouldn't sit up here and, 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 uh, and, and, and try to give them any publicity or anything like that. What I would do is I would do a boycott of them. That's what, that's what men ought to do. Well, just do what I see happening. What I see happening is, uh, next week when this all goes down, if it does actually go down, I see men actually showing up at the theater and trying to get in. Because the moment they actually say, no, you're not allowed in, that's where they're, that I'm going to break the law just became I broke the law type deal. And that's where I can see lawsuits actually starting to fly. Not like this one that's coming from this idiot from up here in New York who isn't even going to be taking a step foot in that theater because it's a Texas theater series. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I can see guys taking this as a... A challenge, as it were. And then, well, I guess we'll have to wait until the next podcast to see what happens. Well, should we go down to Texas? Should we hammer this out for these people? Hell no, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to Texas. Are you kidding me? Those people are fucking stupid. (laughs) But, Ryan, we still want to... We saw... No, no, they they still want to, like, secede from... America and shit there, dude. They're almost as bad as the southern people thinking they're still fighting the goddamn Civil War. But, Ryan, we solved the Richard Simmons mystery. This is like the next one. What's this one? That people are precious snowflakes and they'll take any advantage to find somehow, some way that they've been wronged and make it hurt themselves? Um, I, I, here's, here's honestly what I think is going to happen. Okay. I'm going to throw this out here. I think what's going to happen is this guys are going to want to go into the movie theater. The female employees are going to sit up here and say, I'm getting paid like $7 an hour to do this shit. I'm not going to argue with him one way or another. I just want to go home after this is all over with. And the guys are going to walk right on in. That's what I think is going to happen. I think you will have one manager that will say something and every other employee is just going to let him go on in. That's why well, I guess we'll have to uh, wait and see. But I hope I'm, it's almost three o'clock, Doug. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I knew we were going long into this dude real quick. I think we should go down there. I've got the vacation time. No, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm getting ready to do inventory and after inventory, I'm not looking to, uh, travel to Texas just to get my ass uh, handed to me by some hillbilly redneck son of a bitch that is going to kick my ass because uh, I, I don't agree with 
pretty much anything they stand for. The only thing bigger in Texas is their Eagles, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, you'll get to see them, like, drag me through the street by four pickup. No, I'm good. <laughs> Remember, Doug, I used to live in Arizona. I mean, if you want to go to Arizona, we'll go there. Those people actually have uh, quite a bit of sensibility in them. Duh. They seem like they do. They seem like they do. All right. But, uh, I've gone to Texas a couple times before, and those people do not have sensibility inside of them. Well, hopefully they'll be able to succeed from the union after this uh, Wonder Woman uh, showing. This may be the start of it. Um, California hopefully will be next, or maybe it will just drown underneath water. I don't know. Um, but I'll sit up here and let you go, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, you take care. All right, bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.